You know, Allie, I think this is probably one of the more relatable movies we've done. Oh, really? Yeah, I too am abjectly horrified whenever the phone rings that that might be an elderly relative. Made in Space. I'm Allie Goodman. And I'm your non-union Craig T. Nelson replacement. <laughs> and, oh, also man. known as John Walter. We are a married couple showing each other the 80s movies of our childhood. And this week... Allie showed me... Poltergeist 2, The Other Side. Directed by Brian Gibson and starring most of the cast most. of Poltergeist. Most. Uh, and uh, a couple of newcomers to the Poltergeist. Uh, and probably, I think, only comers. I don't think there were any Family? other Poltergeist yeah, movies. Family? Yeah, I know. Because um, a lot of people connected with Poltergeist, uh, unfortunately, have met ends not long after the Poltergeist Dude, movies. I almost feel like that's the more interesting thing to talk about than the movie, but I mean, we'll sprinkle well, I mean, it in. Yeah. Uh, considering um, basically most, uh, actually, uh, yeah, no, there's, I, it had to have been because um, both Will Sampson and Julian, Julian Beck passed away before this movie was released. Oh, yeah? Uh, he was like 60, um, although he looked a lot older. Sure did. Uh, Will Sampson passed away like a year after this movie was released. Um, obviously, Carol Ann, um, what's her name, uh, Heather O'Rourke passed away. After the third. Right after the third movie, which was only two, released two years after this one. Yeah. Uh, and of course, uh, tragically, Dominique uh, Dunn was murdered before, like even with, this... like before this movie was even in production. Yeah, um, by her ex, uh, like just a really amazingly uh, troubled cast. Yeah. The only uh, Robbie's the only one of uh, the Poltergeist children to make it out of the eighties alive. Yeah, which, you know he's he's still alive, although he's not really. Uh, Really, really he like business. left acting. Well, he left acting and came back as a director in the early aughts. I don't know if he's still like, doing anything. He was probably but like, it, yeah. anyway, this is a, a very depressing beginning. It to is. This, uh, it sure this, is. To this episode. Maybe we should uh, do an elevator pitch that has nothing to do with this. Okay. I'm going to you... throw you on ah, the shit. bus. Okay. Welcome to the bus. Okay. Okay. Now, Poltergeist, of course, is a excellent, tightly wrapped up and uh, you know perfectly standalone movie that does not really need anything else, right? Okay. But. It made a lot of money. Yeah. Would you like more money? <laughs> we always like more money. Then let's do another one. Okay. That's my pitch. That's a very good pitch. Now, what's your pitch? Oh, God. Um, imagine a human... I'm a Hollywood executive. I have no imagination. Imagine a human skull on an, a real person. That's our creepy preacher. Okay. And then we... Imagine pres- a human skull on the... Stepping on the neck of humanity forever, or whatever that Orwell quote was. Yeah, and uh, and then we just bring the whole poltergeist cast around him. Okay, that sounds good. Doesn't it? That sounds great. Okay, so um, anyway, yeah, that 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 was Woo. a pitch. I definitely want to give you my money. Anyway, yeah, this was a <laughs> this movie was uh, again uh, the sequel to Poltergeist from 1982. Poltergeist being uh, kind of a well, its its whole claim to fame really was uh, that it was kind of like let's make a big budget mainstream horror movie. You know, not like, you know, not like a cheap exploitation movie. You know, we got Spielberg producing, uh, directing by Toby Hooper, uh, you know, who we know, of course, from Life Force. But at the time would have only been known <laughs> mainly from the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yep. And I think maybe, no, Romero did Creepshow, didn't he? I think so. Um, and I think that was around the same time anyway. But, uh, and of course, the rumors are always that, like, 
Toby Hooper's directorial thing was not necessarily like a lot of people assume Spielberg had a very heavy hand in this and the in, in much the same way that though like there were directors of the uh, the, the Star Wars sequels in the the 80s Star Wars sequels uh, that you know that Lucas had a final say in everything that kind of left his stamp on the movies above and beyond any director that's kind of I think the that's usually the discussion I hear about Poltergeist. Well, because it, it, it doesn't stand out as very Toby Hooper esque based on other movies of his I've seen. I will also tell you, I guarantee you that Spielberg had a hand in the casting because Joe Beth Williams, isn't it? Not Joe Beth Williams. Yeah, it's Joe Beth. Williams. It is Joe Beth Williams. Yeah. yeah. No, that's not the reason though. But and the, I don't even know why I'm saying that because yeah, I, I don't know I don't what think other there's any sort of connection he's connected with. I don't no, know. it has to do with the fact you. Act, it actually goes back to something you said because okay. It's going to be weird. So you mentioned... Blow my mind, lady. I'm about to do it. You had mentioned that you like always had sort of conflated in your mind that Drew Barrymore played the head of O'Rourke role. Okay, so there's a reason behind that. So when I read (laughs) Drew Barrymore's um biography <laughs> her biography or autobiography her autobiography the okay. one that she wrote when she like the one she wrote when she was like 16 or whatever yeah the one yeah. like talking about like how like how she was up, yeah uh, she was like all, was. right right she talked about being on set of et and steven spielberg like talking to her and being like you're not giving us like what you normally give us and it turned out that she actually had like a fever and she was really sick or whatever and the idea behind whether and there's a whole story and i don't remember all the details but there's a whole story about her not being in this movie but she was an et but it's not surprising to me he had a a knack for finding little blonde angel looking girls that, that like, sounds really creepy to take it out of context i know she just threw her arm on me like i don't like, I don't I, I'm, mean I'm it like that. I'm just saying out of context. Okay, I'm, more, I'm going in, for a joke. I'm not assuming. It's a bad joke. I, no, I'm just saying it. Don't I, make Steven Spielberg creepy. We don't have anybody left, John. We've <laughs> lost them all. They're all horrible, creepy people. Stop it. I need somebody left. <laughs> Look, I, I, I legitimately do not think that Steven Spielberg is a creepy pervert. No, I, I think I that don't. he totally. Please, please do not send your Hollywood mafia after me. I literally think that he just has like a knack for casting like young kids in a really in like that, that okay can, yeah that all right I'll, I, I hear that, I, yeah like yeah like, that know how to like emote and do that kind of yeah like, like the goonies yes the academy sure. award-winning yeah. goonies the award. by but the I way think... the, by the way this movie was a, a nominated for an academy award okay poltergeist 2 nominated for an academy you award. poltergeist 2 was for Vi- what visual effects oh well that's not <laughs> yeah i know I, it, it wasn't anything it, it was actually nominated i mean for I, if you said make i'm not saying that it did not win it no i mean they were definitely better but but you know it, it rounded out the five my point <laughs> you is, know, yeah. more. my point is that that it's not weird that you thought that because i don't think you're alone in that i'm sure there were other people that thought that too um and i guarantee you that drew barrymore is probably really glad that she wasn't in this movie because there was a lot of death around this movie yeah i mean to yeah uh, it, it, yeah, darkness. But uh, then again, there was a lot of darkness around Drew Barrymore in the 80s, too. I, right, but she survived, is my point. Like, By the way, I've never seen Firestarter, if you want to show <gasps> me another uh, It's a 79 movies. I looked. Firestarter? I thought it was 79. Dude, it's from like 1985. Are you thinking is about it? the book? Are you thinking about the book, Firestarter? Because well, um, I, I remember that being in theaters when I was a kid. Maybe you're right. Oh, what, I wanted to show you that. What are you talking that? about? Yeah, it's a, the Stephen Firestarter. King. Firestarter. 1984. That was on my list, actually. 1984. Yeah, it's on my list. But yeah, Drew Barrymore was, Drew Barrymore is like not tremendously much older than us. I don't know how she yeah, would have been in a, a movie point. from 1979. No, that's a good point. It's from a 1980 horror movie. You're right. That's a good point. Yeah, Drew Barrymore, Drew Barrymore is less than a year, like no, I have, 
a, a little few, over a year older than you. I have a few Drew Barrymore uh, than me. You're you and I are the same age. You don't. <laughs> I said a little over a year older than you because I was doing the math because she was born in February oh, and you were born okay. in March. <laughs> I was like. We're the same age, asshole. Yes. Um, We're not the same age. I am ten weeks younger than oh you. Oh my god! I swear. The Christ. the important sexy ten weeks. Yes, yes. Because <laughs> I mean, I look ten years older than you. I was about that to photo. Say, oh my that god! That photo. We're not sharing any more of that. Although you already shared it on our fucking Twitter page, didn't you? Yes, I did. You're the worst. I'm the best. Worst. Anyway, this whole this whole episode is going to evolve into a marriage there. I would like to <laughs> I would like to session. point out, John, that the the thing that you can't see in that picture that I think is really important, and especially in it, it's sort of segues into this movie, is that you really are, especially in those jeans you're wearing right now, putting off a Craig T. Nelson vibe. I am. Yeah, it's it's because you I'm balding. Full it's because I'm balding and long hair. It's like you've got a full. Yeah, on it's my Craig it's my COVID T. Nelson hairstyle. <laughs> Yeah, I, I know. Yeah, fist bump. Yeah, that was very good. I know it was. I'm I don't know excellent. how that's not your 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 uh, Twitter name right because, now. Because because that's really tasteless. <laughs> yeah. Plus, I have cursed Luigi boards. I think <laughs> right now, so and I'm, I'm, I'm going to keep it there for a while. Um, okay, so um, let's get into so anyway, this. Poltergeist to the, the other side posits side. the question again: What if the original Poltergeist, which wrapped up beautifully as a one and done movie, yeah. Just suddenly needed to keep going. Yeah. And uh, and and what if most of the original cast still wanted a paycheck? Right. Pretty much the entire original cast surviving did want a paycheck. The they, they really they really did get everyone pretty much everyone back. Like yeah. like except like the research team. Right. Those. That's dudes, about it. The paranormal team. Yeah. Yeah. Like, but like we got Zelda Rubenstein back. She came um, back. You know. Like, can we talk for a minute about the fact that technically she's inept? Uh. Yeah. Like, she comes, I mean, she helps them in this one, and she's, like, presented as this ultra-competent, like, person. I mean, she was presented as ultra-competent in the first movie, but she's the one who said, the house is clean. Yeah. And then, like, two seconds later, she leaves, and the house, like, eats, like, tries to eat them. <laughs> like, yeah, way to go. No apology in this movie from her for yeah, that, by the way. Yeah. I'm sorry, I was not paying attention very well. Yeah. I just made the well, the thing is, the house was clean, but underneath the house was not clean. Right. The basement's not so clean. The swimming pool? Underneath the, the swimming pool. pool is very cursed. Very cursed. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, uh, forgetting that, the movie begins with... I wa- I legitimately, only because I did research into Will Sampson... Yeah. After you pointed out who he was, and yes. I went, oh shit... Um, so Will, Will Sampson, Sampson, who you would know probably mostly, uh, most people who are into film would know him as uh, Chief Broom from One Flew Over the Cuckoo's right. Nest. He's a lot thinner in this movie because yes. unfortunately, Still tall. unfortunately, he was suffering from I can't remember what the disease was. Some sort of cancer. Uh, well, I think it was scleroderma or something. Oh, you're right. It was scleroderma. Uh, I think that's it. I, I could look in like two seconds, but I'm just going to. Decided to cheapen it out. He uh, lost a tremendous amount of weight from like he used to be, you know, he's like 6'7", 260, yeah, he was big you guy. know, whenever he was doing uh, Cuckoo's Nest. Like by the time he passed away about a year after this movie, he only weighed 145 pounds. And I'm going to tell you something right now. I used to be about a little under 6'1", 145 when I was about 20 or so. That's skinny. <laughs> and he was another six inches taller at that weight when he passed away. So yeah. he lost a tremendous, like he's, he's not tiny in this movie but he's thin he's thin he's tall and thin like i didn't recognize him at first because he wasn't like as hulking if you close your eyes and listen, there's a joke about his height in the movie 
Yeah, if you close your eyes, you hear it. But the reason I was going to say, I thought this was like an exploitative scene where they got to, like, I knew he's obviously native, but the other, he, he's with another native at the beginning. And I actually thought, oh, this is one of those Hollywood things. This guy's probably like Jewish or something. Right. <laughs> like he didn't look particularly he's like an elderly. Like, yeah. But, uh, but apparently, um, and this is awesome. Will Sampson so actually awesome. apparently went on, I can't remember the movie he was on. Uh, he was White at, Buffalo. White Buffalo in the late 70s. He basically refused to to film the movie and like stopped filming until they replaced the the non-native actors that were playing native americans in that movie yeah, with actual actors. native actors so uh so i i guarantee you if he has that kind of willpower than that guy who was alt i didn't look up but that guy is obviously also another native clearly, actor because clearly samson actually uh, really gave a damn about that kind of stuff yeah. so which uh, is amazing which is awesome because hollywood is known for not giving a shit about a putting, i mean we are still dealing with the repercussions of that you know, you know, it's in the year 2020, people are finally actually casting the, you know, like the correct ethnicities for Simpsons uh, characters. Yeah. Uh, you know, so we are. Or we like, are, or like every Asian isn't just like any yeah. Asian. Like, like Alison Brie isn't playing a Vietnamese person uh, yeah. anymore, but was up to a couple of years ago. Yeah. Um, so, yes. Um, anyway, enough about that. That aside, so Will Sampson and this other old man are like having some sort of dream ceremony, and when they they're like, there's this campfire, and they're throwing like powder in, and it changes the color of the flames, and and at one point, all the ghosts from the end of Poltergeist, those things that swirled around, which also looked a lot like the ghosts from Indiana Jones, uh, Stephen. I think you're getting a little uh, <laughs> a little repetitive, repetitive there. there, but they but they you know like those kind of ghosts are swirling around, and he just looks like oh. Oh, you know, at them like it's just like, oh well, isn't this nice? And then uh, we then we uh, cut to uh, research in the they, we, then it cuts I think to the uh, the old neighborhood, Quer, what is it called? Uh, Cuesta, Cuesta Verde. Verde. Cuesta Verde or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like yeah, basically and we kind of drive through the end of Poltergeist one because he's driving to the house yeah, and they're showing scenes. This movie makes the mistake that well, a Samson's lot. character's name is. Samson? Taylor. Yeah, Taylor. Taylor. But Will Samson. Will Samson. Yes. Will Samson. It's like Samson with a P. Yeah. Will Samson's character is Taylor. So we, we'll talk about Taylor for a while. So. Yeah. So, but uh, Taylor's driving through this subdivision, the, the subdivision, the ruins of the subdivision that was the original Poltergeist. You can see like all the houses are for sale. Like, uh, it's like a, basically it's everyone's a getting a house. Zone. Because again, at the end of Poltergeist, if you, uh, uh, spoiler alert, stop this podcast now and watch Poltergeist if you haven't. Please because do. you will it was be. It's really good. I mean, I don't, we'll, we'll tell you at the end whether you should have, uh, Listen to this spoiler-filled episode <laughs> about about this, but you know you definitely should watch Poltergeist. Um, but at the end of the ep- at the end of the movie, famously, the house collapses in on itself after the it people escape. Like it tur- like it sucks into like yeah. it implodes into nothing, yeah. you know, and leaves an empty yard, and they go to a hotel, you know, at the end. So he's driving through this neighborhood, and they are basically they keep making the cardinal mistake that bad movies sometimes make of showing scenes from better movies. Yeah. You know, like, because they keep showing, like, the scenes from the end of Poltergeist. And I'm like, man, I should have been watching Poltergeist. That, that yeah. movie rocks. Yeah. Poltergeist is great. It's really yeah. tight, really well done. They keep showing. You know, well, and it's, not it's particularly like, scary if you're not a child, but, like, it's, a very it's well-made flashy, movie. Like, like, sorry, flashy. It's, it's flashes going through his mm-hmm. brain. Like, he's able to see... There's an element is of him it, having you, clairvoyance. And yeah, like I guess so. Yeah, it's like some yeah, kind of... he, yeah, he clearly has some abilities yeah. uh, above and beyond the, that of a, a normal, you know, everyday person. Anyway, he goes, he ends up, and he goes kind of to the dig site. And now we're kind of in like, I don't know, the, either the beginning of Exorcist or I guess an Indiana Jones movie yeah. where we're suddenly in a dig site, but it's the dig, they're digging under, under the swimming pool. Under the swimming pool and... 
And Zelda Rubenstein is there because apparently now she's an archaeologist. I guess. <laughs> and she's like, you know, we've discovered a new thing or whatever. They, and he goes like basically he, you know, basically he, they go down and they like under the pool, under the under the graves that they had moved the, gra- the gravestones off in the first place, which was which we now learn, I guess, is was an incorrect explanation of the poltergeist house before. Yeah. The new correct explanation is even lower down, there's a cavern and there's a whole bunch of unidentified dead bodies in it. And you see like this screaming upright skeleton on a pile of other skeletons clawing at him. And a leech is like, or something is coming out of his mouth. And like, it's like, ah! and I think that's when you get credits. Yeah, I think so. You know, you get like a, it's Poltergeist to the yeah, other side. Or maybe it happened earlier. It doesn't matter. Anyway, it's like a big, like, it's a big, like, da da da. And then we flip and we cut to the family. To the family. And the family is now living with the her mother, uh, Jo Beth Williams' mother. Her, I think her name is Diane. 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 And, well, I can't remember the actor who plays her, but she's, uh, was she in the first movie? No. Uh, Geraldine Fitzpatrick, I think. Yeah. Fitzgerald. I think you're right. Geraldine Fitzgerald, Fitzgerald. who uh, actually. Uh, in a surprise move, actually lived much longer than this movie and passed away in 2005 at the age of like 91. Go, go She was Irish, which explains her weird accent. <laughs> she's great. She's And so she plays the grandmother and they're sitting... And out- by the way, she is old Hollywood. She, uh, Like her film career started in 1934. So they're sitting outside... Oh, she was in Dark Victory. And she was nominated for an Academy Award for Wuthering Heights. In 1936. So she's like, yeah, she was around. So oh, God, yeah, she did a million things. So they're things. sitting outside, and um, she's knitting, and the family's just sort of chatting. And it's, for me, blatantly obvious that there's only two of the three children are there. Um, and I just, so when I first saw this movie, I thought to myself, oh, well, the older daughter must just be away at college, because she was about that age. She was turning, I think, yeah. that and, age. And, and the movie does not even acknowledge no. that. And that is... I mean, it's kind of weird because it's like I guess it's to their credit that they didn't want to—they wanted to avoid the tragedy of Dominique Dunn's murder. I guess, but I feel like they should have at least given a line about her being at college yeah. in, the, in the script. There was apparently like this is not. There's a citation needed on Wikipedia about yeah. this, but supposedly in the original treatment for this movie, the plan was that she was going to be away in college, and they would have like a scene of her on the phone with them, like you know, and maybe they wanted, maybe they would have her come home or something. I don't know, you know, but like. You know, but like because she passed away, they never made that scene, and they yeah. never, they never even they wrote just don't it even the acknowledge. They don't even at all. acknowledge. Which it's is, as if like, she doesn't. Like we exist. didn't know. Uh, like it's kind of funny because yeah. her murder is well, not funny, haha. But kind of like her murder is actually fairly well known. We just were we did not even draw the connection. No. First of all, I did not even draw the connection that she was Dominic Dunn's daughter, Griffin, and Griffin Dunn's, Dunn's sister, sister, and, you know, related to all these different big-time old Hollywood actors. And those people. of you who don't know who Griffin Dunn is, because I didn't, when, when he was first telling me, uh, if you watch This Is Us, he plays Nikki. And he play, he's been in a lot of other Well, yeah, but I mean, yeah. that's the most recent thing that he's done. Yeah. But, um, um, but yeah, and Dominic Dunn, like, it, like Dominic Dunn's whole connection with true crime, with, like, that he's been is because he wrote a memoir about that murder. But so anyway, it to, yeah, I guess it's to the movie's credit they don't make a big deal about her. Right, but they should have at least. But they, I feel like plot-wise, because yeah. we didn't know, we didn't realize. Like I didn't realize she was the one who even played the sister because it it had been so long since I had seen the original Poltergeist. Allie reminded me there's an older sister in the movie, and I was like, oh shit, you're right. What happened to her? Yeah, like it basically it felt very Chuck Cunningham. Yes, she like she, she went up the stairs and, and never came back. That, yeah, and like again, like I like. I, I would have probably joked about this for a lot longer had I not learned, you know, the, the, the actual story behind this. But still, because 
now time has passed and that story is not like something that jumps to people's minds immediately, I feel like they, like, just for the sake of the movie's, like, actual connection, they probably should have, the direct, oh, and by the way, I forgot to say, the, direct, the director is Brian Gibson. I feel like they, like, he should have, like, insisted on something yeah. to make this make sense and, like, you know, like, just, just, like, why they don't even refer to her. Yeah, she needs to at least be acknowledged. Like, just like she's away at college or yeah, something or, something. like, you know, like, being, like, even if it's a one-sided phone conversation, like, yeah, listen, I don't know what the deal is, like, you know, just stay put, you know, yeah. let us know if anything crazy happens. You know, yeah, because like when it's like your whole family is targeted. Yeah, where the know, hell is she? Right? Where the hell is she? So, so it, it is. It is one of those things. Like, I mean, I'm glad they didn't just recast her. No, yeah, or, you know, right. or something like that. But they could have. They could have made some kind of acknowledgement. Yeah, like anyway, again, a one-sided phone conversation right. where it's like, okay, yeah, you just stay put. You stay put. Yeah, that was. I can't remember the daughter's name, yeah. but you know, that was so and so. You know. Anyway, so um, she, the, they're sitting outside, and the grandmother's knitting. And she asks um, Carol Ann, because they're all sort of joking around, and she asks Carol Ann to hand her uh, a piece of, like, a, a, a Yeah, she's knitting, yarn. and she keeps like, give me the blue yarn or, or whatever. The red yarn or, or whatever. Red, yeah. And, and Carol Ann grabs it without looking and hands it to like, her. Like, there's a whole big thing of yarn, and she's not even looking, and she always pulls the correct, the correct color, color out. The correct color out. And, and so she like asks her an, twice to do this and watches her do that, and you get the sense that the grandmother sees something in her that yeah like like, and it's like apparently the grandma also has the shining yes Uh, you know it's very it has a very stephen king and and we found out that diane does too yeah yeah right so this whole family like which i don't recall that being a thing i mean she the mother goes in to save her in the original poltergeist but i don't remember it being like a thing where she has any special i don't remember carol ann having any special abilities well the the idea that they they target her I think is the idea that she has some life force that they want. Right, but but it's never made like I don't remember the first movie her having any special ability. No, I it's mean, just she was the target she because the target. she was young and innocent and like she was the youngest kid. Yeah. And, like like that's always what I like what my like takeaway from just seeing the the original Poltergeist and and none of the sequels until I was until now uh, was like I never really thought about her as any like her having like abilities. This movie. Right. I think introduces the idea that she has like special abilities. Yeah. And also this movie, um, much like almost every movie from before 2000 and definitely every movie in the eighties ends up having at least one like horrendous slur being delivered by a child. Yeah. Like this is the hard R, um, coming from, I think Robbie. Yeah. Um, and it's like, you know, it's like an ET when they, they throw out all the penis breaths and yeah. such, you know, like, you know, the douchebags and et cetera. But yeah, it's a very, very hard R, and it's it's it's, it's so jarring. jarring to see it nowadays. It is absolutely like it's well, so weird because well, that was so normal when yeah. we were kids. That's not even like a that's the kind of line that's just like it's just a throw. Like it'd be like 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 me saying jackass now, yeah, where it's yeah. like okay, that's not a nice thing well, to call like someone, but it's not. Had, but it's like not like yeah. societally, we didn't think about how horrible that was. No, no, no. You know, we just was like, oh, that's just an insult. You know, like even though it very specifically is gross and ableist and insulting. I'm so heartened, though, based on the story that you told me about your student. Yeah, I wasn't even going to mention that, but okay. Uh, yeah, I, I, I had a, I tutored a student who, uh, like, was reading a story from, like, set much earlier, I think in the 70s, and he was reading aloud with me something, and he couldn't read that word. He actually said the, uh, you know, that word, the R word. You know, like he couldn't even say it out loud, like in a clinical way, like reading a story because he felt really like grossed by it. Which and is that, awesome. Which is very different than how we were when oh I was Oh my gosh, yes. 
You know, like it didn't even occur. Like, well, the big G word was also a very common insult. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. You know, but it's like it's very, you know, it's it's I mean, that, that's good uh, that it's like the improvement there. Because, yeah, it, it was gross. Um, let, let's get I thought back you were to, like, that's good. We could be. <laughs> well, I mean, also, yeah, we could. Let's move on to, be, to being a little less like serious and po-faced and actually talk about oh, this fucking man. terrible okay, movie. So, um, so anyway, we learn. Um, and actually, I kind of do like this is I will say as much as I don't think Poltergeist needed a sequel at all. Yeah. If you're going to do a sequel, I love that part of the problem they're having is that their insurance company absolutely will not honor the house like it's I mean it's borderline funny but it's also 100% what would happen which is like well the house has disappeared it's not destroyed yeah you know so they won't pay for it like they they, like their insurance doesn't cover it and they're like trying to like figure out a way they've like sent like four claims what's really yeah they have no money and like yeah they have no they're running out of money they don't have they're living with her mother it's like uh, you know Craig T. Nelson is selling vacuum cleaners and such you know he's like like He's obviously like, like I guess door to door. I'm not really sure how it works. Been, yeah. He likes what he's doing. I will say this: yeah. Craig T. Nelson seems to be happy in the life they have. You know, it's like clear that he's like, you know, like it's more uh, uh, the mom, Joe Beth Williams, is more the one is like probably because they have to live under her mother's roof. Yeah, I feel like that is a big thing. It's like you know, it, I he's like want to live with my parents. I wouldn't want to live with your parents or either. Your or parents. oh, good God, no. I love your parents, and I love my parents, but I do not want to live with either one of them. No, no, no. Look, I love my family. I love your family. No, no, no absolutely not. too much. Look, I moved out of my family. I moved out of my home when I was 18, and, you know, knock wood, I have never actually had to live under the same roof as them since, except uh, for brief periods of time yeah. whenever I've been, like, visiting. I will you say, know? like, I would be fine if my mom lived closer, you know, for the right. convenience factor, right. but... I do not want to be under the same roof with, oh, with goodness, anybody no. in my family. Nobody. Oh, my God. You are my chosen family. They are my chosen family. Yeah. That is it. No, 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 no. I would, look, I love my family, and I get along great with them when I am not living with them. Exactly. If they are there for more than an hour, we will have a fight. <laughs> well, longer than that. But. but one thing I didn't quite get, yeah. though, on the uh, insurance was the fact that when Craig T. N- Maybe this is showing how inept Craig T. Nelson is in life. Yeah. Because he's like, you know, like, uh, you know, let me th- I think it was he who said it. Maybe, uh, if it wasn't him, then I'm wrong about this. But uh, he said to like, like well, I'll, I'll help you fill out the next one or I'll fill out the next one. And we'll say it's an act of God or something. I'm like, isn't an act of God always the thing insurance doesn't cover? Yeah. Like, there's no God insurance. There's no God insurance. You know, like, you know, like, and there was no God behind the poltergeist Ooh, house. No. But, uh, yeah. What, what so, fuck? where's your book? I don't know. It's over there. Oh, uh, so, um, yeah, I got up. Yeah. So, basically, they're in the house. There's this whole thing about this is the same conversation they're having when they, they start to kind of like, they start to kind of like have a romantic moment. And they, they talk about, they talk about like his past ex girlfriend cookie something. Yeah. And, and like how, like, <laughs> yeah, like there was this whole thing. And yeah, because it was like basically there's this whole thing about like, you know, like how he wants to down, like downsizing is great. Or not downsizing. That was a different term, but downgrading their lifestyle yeah, yeah. and being like, you know, we don't need all this money and whatever. Yeah. And she's like, what are you talking about? You know, because he's using all these hippie kind of things. He's yeah. like, you were never, she actually says you were never a hippie. You were always into making money, yeah. which I'd like to point out. Yep. Is probably this movie's best, like best little indictment of 80s culture. 1986. And we are one of the earliest times we're bagging on the boomers for like 
retelling their own history so that they were all like anti-war hippie crazy vietnam peace and love you know free love dropouts whenever my dad which was almost true yeah which is almost not that was never the case you know the vast majority of baby boomers even at the time were short-haired Fairly conservative, like like middle America normies. Well, and the best part is like my parents are actually technically part of the silent generation. They're not. Yeah. They're oh, not yeah. boomers, but like their friends are all boomers. You know what I mean? Like they were around that whole culture. Kind of like the, the kind of like the way I have a lot. I know a lot of millennials. But I literally but like, have yeah. the perfect the perfect analogy of like what like this encompasses my parents perfectly. So yes, my parents, and the funny thing is, even this I don't even know is really true. Although what? it does sound like this is the the nineteen sixty nine story of, you know, I was about to tell the Woodstock. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So my dad, my dad talks about. How, I asked my dad once. I was like, "Did you guys go to Woodstock?" And he's like, "Well, we <laughs> we were in the car and on the way, and then." We just heard it was real. Like there was like so much traffic or something, so we turned around and came home. I can't remember exactly what it was. I will say this: like I'm not even sure if that's a true story. Like you know, like <laughs> or the weather was bad. I can't remember. Well, the weather was pretty bad. I think it was the weather was but, bad. It was um, raining. But, uh, so we turned around and came home. <laughs> so good. If it weren't for the fact they actually lived in New York yeah. State at the time, yeah. I like if they didn't live in New York State, I'd be like, you were full of it. Because <laughs> first of all, they were like a lot older. Like your dad yes. was almost thirty. I know. You know, at that time. And like, all right, when I was almost 30, I went to concerts, but I wouldn't have gone to like a huge, weird, hippie rock festival if I was, like, it'd be like me going to, I'm trying to think like what it'd even be like. It'd be like me going to like, I don't know, a trap music festival, like when I was 30. I'm trying to think what was big when I was 30, (laughs) you know? Yeah. You know, like, like by the time I was 30, I was pretty much like most of the bands I was going to concerts with were bands that were old as shit already, (laughs) you know? But, um, but yeah, like it. But, like, this this whole thing, like, because, like, it's like, yeah, you know what? Your whole generation loved to, like, like, boomers loved to tell themselves they were all, like, oh, it was so weird. Like, we were all into love and peace and harmony, and then we became greedy for some reason in the 70s and 80s. Like, no, you never were for the most. Like, the 60s were, like, the, the, the real 60s, like, counterculture was always small. And then it was a yeah. bunch of people who grew their hair out to get laid. Exactly. Like, like, the actual real hardcore of weirdos and freaks in any generation is tiny. Just like in the fucking early 90s, you know, like, like when grunge swept the world, it, what, like there was a hardcore of fanatical like people who had started it, and then like a bunch of people who said saw it on MTV and thought it was cool. Yeah, and it's you interesting know? because like I, I I think back to the, like I got pictures of them around that time, and it's funny because like my dad definitely, you know, he wore the bell bottoms and he had the long yeah. hair and the whole thing, but like and and but so did a lot of people. Well, exactly, and that's what my point is that and you know they met. You remember the you know the Stoddards, right? Yeah. So they met. This is a Mormon family that they met um, on a on like a vacation in Europe. They were on a vacation and they met the, this couple, and they've been friends with them. We've been friends with them for years, which is just interesting. And at the time, you know, he like he's buddies with Romney. Like he's like very conservative. Like I mean, Utah. Very yeah. Well, it, well, they're Michigan, but yeah. But like well, also Utah, 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 the, Utah the and Michigan. But, but yeah. anyway, the point is, my point is that. Um, they were telling a story together, like probably around our wedding, and they were telling the story where he was like, "Yes, I remember. I remember your dad. He showed up in these like 
bell bottoms and long hair, and I was in my suit. Well, well, yeah, you're a Mormon. Of course he looked like a hippie to you. Exactly. He just like come back from a mission or something. It was was so funny because he was like, he was like, so, so uh, democratic at the time. Like something about, like something so, like, not talking down about it, but it's like you know, my dad's definitely well, been through the. I don't know this. This is a you know. Well, your dad, your dad is fairly conservative, but in like a business way. Yeah, which exactly. Means he, which means he's basically currently a Democrat. Yeah, exactly. So true. Because <laughs> right? that's what because Democrats are basically what corporate Republicans were like thirty five exactly. years ago, forty years ago. It's just funny, you know. Me. But you know, like, but um, but regardless. Um, anyway, sorry. Going back, like, yeah, yeah, you really threw me there. I'm sorry, I, I didn't mean to throw you. So anyway, anyway, like, so he, like, and he admits, like, basically, the whole reason was to get, like, to have sex with this girl. And it's so funny, because she's like, and and then she kind of gets on about bringing her up, you know, you know, you know, but, and then, oh, by the way, this is around the time we get the return of another great character for Poltergeist. E-Buzz. E-Buzz, the dog. The, the dog, who I, I I had to look it up, and from what I can tell, from all I can confirm, because I had kind of forgotten the dog's name from Poltergeist. It's been a long oh, time since I've seen Poltergeist. Yeah. I never, uh, but I, I love that he's apparently named after E-Buzz Miller, the Dan Aykroyd art critic, like sleazy art critic from SNL. You know, like this, uh, see this uh, painting by, get this, Tidian. <laughs> You know, like, yeah. like his whole his whole deal was just fight, like showing like old art with like of naked people and being like, ah, <laughs> ah, you know, like, but like it's so weird that they would name like I was like, is an Ebuzz a thing? Is Ebuzz Miller's name also a reference to something? Oh but God, like, but like I looked up, I googled Ebuzz to see if it was you know like why Buzz is a voice technique. You know, like I didn't know if, if Ebuzz was like a, a musical term or, right. or a singing or like a vocal warm up thing. Right. But no, apparently Ebuzz is just the name. Like it's just the name of Ebuzz Miller from SNL. That's really so that funny. dog is that 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 dog is named after I guess their favorite SNL. That sketch? poor dog. Which makes sense. They're kind of weird stoner boomers in the first movie. Remember they they got high in the first oh, movie, yeah, like, big time, like. Which is one of those things as a kid I didn't really realize. They oh, were I had pot. no idea. Kind of like I didn't either. realize in the Breakfast Club how high they got. Holy crap, me neither. Like, and then I watched the Breakfast Club as an adult. And I'm like, well, they got really fucking high in the middle of this movie, yeah, huh? They sure did. <laughs> but um, anyway, so um, yeah. So, so anyway, um, so they start to they start and at this, to and, by, and and at, oh, I forgot during one point when they were talking about her, her the Shining stuff. Yeah, Carol Ann was drawing pictures, and she drew a cre- creepy <gasps> picture right. of a skeletal skeletal looking man That's with a right. dark hat and dark yeah. a dark thing with an evil face. And she's like, "Is that a thing you see?" And she's like, "Oh, it's just a thing I imagined, or whatever." Yeah. And then um, at one point when they're uh, out and about, like, oh no, no, or is it? It's the first time when he does he walk by the house and not and then not say anything the first time no. and then they see him again. No, no, the first time she sees him is in public. It's in public. So they go like they're out shopping. The mother, the mother, Joe Beth Williams. I really should remember the wife's name in this movie. It's I don't Diane. Remember. Diane. What and what is uh, what is Craig T. Nelson's name? I don't know. I literally Steven. just Stephen. Stephen. Oh my yeah, god! Steven. I just pulled that out of my ass. Yes, because well, you I know why because there was a scene where you were talking about she always calls him Stephen and she calls him Steve and you yeah. thought it was weird. Okay, that's um, true. But uh, anyway, so Diane is out shopping with Robbie and Carol Ann at like an outdoor like shopping center. Yeah. And like Carol Ann gets like kind of falls behind. Actually, no, she sees him first. He just is like looking creepy and looking at her. Yeah. And then like someone walks through him like he's a ghost. Yeah. It's creepy as all. And then she's lost and uh, like for a second, like they wander off without her. So she's alone and he comes up to her singing his uh, little, little holy, like his little uh, spiritual song. Is in his holy temple. 
Yeah, and he's and uh, this is uh, yeah, this is the and this is the so preacher. Uh, oh, yeah. He has he has a deeper name than the preacher, but like it's a uh, what is it? It's something he? Kane. It's like oh the yeah, Reverend, it's Kane. Reverend Kane. That's right. But uh, and he is uh, what is the actor who played him? He um, that was um, Julian Beck, who is a fascinating character. Like, unfortunately, only just learned a bunch of stuff about like just before we started this, so I don't want to get too deep into it. But he's one of the co-founders of the Living Theater. He lived a very crazy libertine lifestyle. He was apparently a political anarchist, and like. Uh, he and his wife defended themselves in in court uh, for owing twenty three thousand dollars of nineteen sixties money in back taxes, and they were they lost and they got run out of New York. But uh, he passed away like just before this movie actually uh, was aired, and he wasn't as old as he looked. Like he was only like sixty. Yeah, he definitely looks like he's. But he looks super skeletal. It's crazy. And he's got like the. I mean, I assume they're dentures because he's got these teeth oh, yeah. that look too big for his skull. It's, which I think was a really good... I mean, he is. But he's he's very friendly in a very creepy way. Which that is, is weirdly enough, he has this... Oh my God, he has the same bearing and carriage of himself as uh, as Zelda Rubenstein. Oh, yeah. Like, like he's horrible looking in a way that she's not you know like because he see like he presents himself at first as very friendly but he's got this smile that's too large and he looks like a skull yeah, it's... whereas Zelda Rubenstein is, a, is like a little person who seems nice and kind yeah. of pleasantly plump yeah. but it has that same like there's always a, a Tangina is her character Tangina. Tina Tangina I can't remember her last name but uh, but like like she like I know that I mean unless something changes in the third movie I know that she always has like the best interests of the family at heart but like she always has a sinister quality to everything she says. Yeah. Like you, oh, I, I never can trust her because she always seems like she might be lying. Yeah. <laughs> but he has the same sort of quality. Yeah. He's like super friendly, but like there's malice behind. Oh, him. he's creepy. Oh, he's excellent. In he's this. so good in this movie. He is so creepy he's and scary. The thing you and remember. I feel, and I feel like the only reason you never saw him in any of the sequel. Uh, well, there's only one other sequel. Yeah. But the only reason he didn't make it to the sequel is because again the actor passed away, and I don't mm. think I don't think the character is that interesting. But the actor does a good oh, job. So the character good. is a generic "ooh, this guy's scary," yeah, you know, kind of thing. But he's so memorable because he's so good at being just creepy. terrifying. And it and his skull does look like it's just fighting to get out of his head. It really does. It's, I've oh, never seen anything like so, it. Like 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 I'm sure if some of it is makeup to make him look even more sunken cheeked and oh, everything sure. like that, but. It is just he has a very distinctive and like, I mean, let's let's not lie. Despite his Wikipedia page having lots of sexual escapades in it, um, he is definitely like a terrifying looking human yeah. being. Um, you know, not a ple- not a pleasant face. So he interesting. He but not comes pleasant. up to her and he's singing his song and he's holding her hands and he's she's like, just like child, you seem lost. Yeah. I, you know, and um, and of Why course, what did I sing for you? And he's you know, and 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 then. Uh, Diane and, and Robbie see her and say, oh, are you okay? And he's like, thank you. You know, thank you so much. He's like, oh, you know, my pleasure. Just, you know, I love to meet new people, you know. He's like, just And as they're walking, and like. He makes a comment about how, he's like, just, uh, your your daughter's an angel. Your daughter's an angel. Which is a running thing that goes through this thing. Yeah. Um, the angel comes up quite a bit. And of course, like, as they're leaving, she looks back and he's just staring at her. Not pleasantly anymore. No. You know, with basically, I, 
I don't want to use the word desire. Loose longing. It is a longing. longing. I was trying to like. I was like trying to say this, but, but not, it's, it's not, not a sexual, sexual thing. Longing. It's, it's like a hunger. Yeah. Like he needs her, like her purity and like yeah. like he like it is it like there is nothing sexual about not this movie. At I, all. I want to be very clear. This no. is not like a creepy child molester no. thing. This is a I want your soul. Yeah, it's absolutely it's pure evil and yeah. not in that and not in a sexual way not in a, yeah no i just just want to say that because no, like words good. like desire and longing tend yeah, to, tend to have that yeah. have a sexual yeah, weight that's that true. Is, you know tangina barons by the way is her character yeah. um henry kane was the name of the preacher yeah. uh um the reverend henry kane you know but um so like and as he's staring at her, like someone walks through, through him, him again, because like and like doesn't notice him. So apparently, like the only people that can even see him are the family. Are the family, and um, so anyway, the next um, big thing that happens is the mother and the grandmother have this and deep and they're, they're, yeah, and there's some and there's some flashbacks to the original movie around right. this time, which again, the golden rule: stop showing a better movie <laughs> in your bad movie. You can't do that. Be careful. So they're 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 um she's asking her about what happens in the first movie like <clears throat> she's like you you know she's like your daughter has the gift and she ha- like basically gift of clairvoyance she knows things she's like I know things too um and and the grandmother has already revealed to uh, Carol Ann that she knows things she like mentions that she she asks her if she uh, has ever seen things that. She knows things that are that, that nobody's ever told her. Like she just has a sense of things, and she explains how her mother lost a bracelet, and she knew the grandmother says. And it's like it was two miles away in a place I'd never been, been, and I knew, and she where, knew it where it was. So like she asked Carolina, and Carolina's like, "Yeah, me too." And I know I that happens to me too. And so she's talking to the mother, and she's like, "Listen, you can't like hide away her gift. Like this isn't." And the mother's like, like furious, like, yeah. "Mom, what are you talking? Yeah. Like, this she's is like, crazy. Just, you sound crazy." And and she's like, "You have it too." She's like, you act like you don't. She's like, but I think you do too. And she's like, you never told me what really happened in the when, house. Yeah. In the house. And, and so she's she like, sits oh, down. you know. Yeah. It was, yeah. She kind of like, like tries to slough it off. And then she starts to tell her the story. And you can see it's like super PTSD. Like, yeah. it's a very intense thing that happens to them yeah. in the first movie. Go see the first movie. I haven't seen it. And it's, you know, it, it, it makes sense that she kind of like shuts it down. Like she can't. And that's Aladdin. that's where I that's the scenes from the other movie because yeah. yeah she's having flashbacks to all the crazy stuff yeah. that she saw, you know and and you know it, the movie mentions it later but like it, you don't actually see scenes of this we we do have to remember that of all the members of the family, you know she's the adult that went into the other side yeah Carol Ann because Carol Ann remember like when she was there on the other side she she like they were playing with her. Well, some like, of it, and then there are times when she's screaming, "Leave me alone! Leave yeah. me alone!" Yeah, but like she, like she had like a weird, like, but like she's a child, and like, and again, like the whole thing with like the, they, they're not talking about it, and that's what the mother was really yeah. saying. You have to like, they have to experience this. They have yeah. to like, you know, children are stronger than you give them credit. Yes, for. yes. You know, you can't, you can't like push you can't down, hide them away. You can't hide them away from like, like they have to experience their traumas, which is true. Yeah, you can't run from trauma. Yeah, you know, and, and as long as the family is running, like if you want to use this as a metaphor, you can't run from your problems. Right. You know, you like you, you have to face your problems. Uh, but um, and so, you know, essentially, you know, so the grandmother has another nice little scene with Carol Ann, and and they go to bed, and then Carol Ann wakes up in the middle of the night, and it's a very creepy scene. It's not horror, no. just creepy. Creepy. She's waking up and she's alone and going through the house. And she walks into the grandmother's room and she kisses and her. And she the gives cheek. her grandmother a kiss on the cheek, and then, and then like the the her toy phone starts ringing. 
And the toy phone is essentially the TV in this one. Yes. Uh, the toy phone starts ringing and she picks up the phone and she's like, oh, hi, Grandma. You know? And, I mean, I knew immediately what yeah. that meant. And I, I, I assume, you know, like anyone who doesn't know what it means, in the next scene, they you see... Uh, you know, Joe Beth Williams and Craig D. Nelson are like hugging each other and like in like it and it's like, you know, she lived a good life and whatever. And it's like, oh my god, grandma died. Holy grandma died. So obviously Carol Ann felt grandma's death and then Carol Ann was speaking Been to her grandmother's spirit because Carol Ann is clairvoyant and, now, and, and and is has like one foot on the other side. Now as well. I'm gonna point something out. All of the creepy things start and continue. After this grandmother dies, or when she's not around, Carol yeah, Ann. So right. think about it this way. Yeah, the grandmother. The, the grandmother, grandmother is like clearly has like some goodness hold on this on the house. Right. Yeah. The there's family. no there's no horror in the house ever until after grandmother. Yeah, I didn't even dies. I didn't think about that, but yes, because the grandmother, of course, also has abilities. Yes. And, and so I think I think it was one of those things where the grandmother was so in touch with her abilities that this that the, this Any creature the and all the, right. the evil forces they couldn't find were her. like were, were unable to get to her until this point and until, there seems to be though though it does not have and we'll talk about it a little bit yeah. later there seems to be something about needing to be invited but not really yeah we haven't figured that out yet it's not really clear and i think it's because the movie itself is not really clear probably not but i was gonna say like the other well i wonder if like getting in then makes I don't know. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get to it. Anyway, but, so uh, what I was going to say is that, with that, that yes, the grandmother's still alive when she sees the preacher at the but, but the, the mall, grandmother's, but the grandmother's not there. And mm-hmm. they're not in the house. So it's like, it's kind of an important, like, I think it's an important distinction. Right. And and uh, and there's like a, a, you know, like, and then we, we get to a scene like that, like, like an ominous cloud forms over the house yeah. at one point, but it's really badly it's done. It's so badly done. It's like... And, uh, and then uh, you see Joe Beth Williams walks outside, and she's like looking confused. And then out of nowhere, a bunch of hands come and drag her into the earth. And yeah. like as this is happening, I'm like, "Well, this is obviously a nightmare. It was a dream. Like this yeah. is a dream. I can tell this is a dream. It, it, like it's too obvious because it happens too suddenly for yeah. it to be a real thing. You know, it's like one of those like, why is she outside? Yeah. Why, what's going on? You know, and uh, and then um, you know, so like at this point, um, we get the first of the genuine incursions into the house, yes. which is. First of all, we get the. This was actually kind of a moment for me because I know when I know when the movie was filmed yeah. because I had that Mad Magazine they panned across. <laughs> it was the Mad Magazine that focused on the right stuff and had the seven Mercury astronauts as the seven dwarves. <laughs> I had that. I owned that because I owned so many Mad Magazines as a child. <laughs> but that was I definitely remember owning that one. And I know that I know when it came out. I actually have a memory of reading it in my bedroom in Orangeburg, South Carolina, in early 1984, sometime before November of 1984. Not necessarily early, but so um, Robbie's asleep with the Mad Magazine sort of open, and there's this light coming through. That's and that, like that's on... when the, the cloud that forms starts raining, and the rain looks super fake. Yeah, but it's also like it's like it's fall. It's like first they show this big mass of water falling in slow mo. The rain starts hitting the skylight above them, and it starts. There's like a yeah. There's like a drop, and it drops down and starts hitting the toy phone and making it ring. ring. And then it starts like the first time Caroline. I think she picks it up and I think she does talk to her grandmother. Yeah, she does. Yeah. At first, she's talking to the grandmother. No, no. You mean right this time? No, no. It no. does not. No, you're no. right. She this goes and she, she goes, tries. She, she says thinks, hello to it, thinking, thinking that it's grandma. Yeah, and it's and uh, like you hear this, like she's like, "Who are you?" You know, yeah. and, and like. 
And I believe at that, and the dolls and toys, like the doll, one of her dolls Dolls turns and starts looking at her. The robot, the toy robots start coming to life. And then you hear from the phone, uh, like, we want the angel. Yeah. You know, and uh, essentially the whole room goes all crazy. And there's like a chorus of people singing because it's the spirit world. (laughs) And like everything's swirling around the room. And and, uh, the parents wake up and they go running in like, and... Like, the room is empty, and they dig around. They finally find um, Carol Ann, like, hiding. Yeah. And then she says, of course, the obvious line that you have to say in a sequel to The Poltergeist, a modification of the famous they're here. Is they're back. But she doesn't say they're back as slow as you'd expect. She says, like, they're back. back. Yeah. And, like, it's too sudden. It's like, I would have been like, we got to do another take. Yeah, right. Like, it needs to be the same tone. It does. It really is weird that it's not the same tone. It should be, there, back. Yeah. I mean, she should have fear. Yeah. But it should be, it, it, like, it should definitely have, like, the same cadence. The same and I, cadence. That is my my problem with this. Um, yeah. So, and then they freak out. They run to the door. Like, they're getting the hell out of Dodge. Yeah. And as they open the door, there's Chief Room. Yeah, it's Taylor. Taylor. I know. It's just saying there's chief room is a joke. I'm joking. <laughs> but but Taylor's there. <laughs> and then and he's like, Tangina Barron sent me. Yeah. And they're like, well, that's great. We're going. Yeah, we're and going, like they right? they're like they get the hell but out the, of it. But the mother's like, wait, 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 wait. You know, what did she what did, why did she send you? And he's like, This is more my speed than hers, you know. This whatever. is my specialty. Yeah, my specialty. Yeah, like, like, but they, they go out anyway. And he's like basically saying this house, like, I need to cleanse your house. And they're like, no, we're and gone. She's like, she's like, they're like, he's like, you're safer here than you are because they're going to find you no matter what Yeah, there's no go. use running is yeah, what he says. Yeah, basically no use running. But they and go they, anyway. They go anyway and they end up at like it's 4 a.m. and they're like an all, a 24-hour diner. Like basically, it doesn't look like a chain, but it looks like kind of like a Waffle House Danny's style. Yeah. But it doesn't look like a chain. It looks like a locally owned like 24-hour diner. And there's like this uh, kind of like bit of like, it turns out to be Chekhov's like local color, but there's a bit of local color as they're coming in. And I like, I actually thought it was just local color. I thought it was just like a little jokey bit because there's these two women sitting at like the the counter of it, you know, the, the diner counter. Uh, they're both older women, you know, like not elderly, but older, like, yeah, like you know, like, like, like 60s, maybe fit, mid 50s, early 60s, yeah. you know, the, at the oldest, you know, and it's like, why did you drive me? At, like one of them's complaining about getting dragged out there and the other one's hair is all in rollers, yeah. you know, and it's like, oh my God, uh, why, do you, why do you even deal with it? Like she's complaining about like, obviously it's like she's having man trouble yeah. and they've left the house. And so they're sitting there and they're like, you know, and they have, they have this whole debate about what are we going to do? Yeah. Where are we going to go? Where are we going to go? Yeah. You know, like he, what he th- when he says they, he's now talking about the family. I'm sorry, the family. Yeah, they're gone. Yeah, the, that that went past them. Yes. And they have this whole big discussion, and uh, you know, et cetera. And then they're like, they send know, the kids off to they go. Send like, the, play, the kids play, off to play pinball. pinball. You know, they give they they give Carol Ann the quarters and just like share with your brother, and she's like ah, and runs off. You know, which is a total good sibling yeah. move. I will I will say that's a good sibling move. Um, and then out of nowhere, like. The, the, woman the woman in rollers comes over to them and starts talking to her, but she talks to her like she, one, like she knows her, and two, in her mother's voice. Yeah. And she basically says, you know, like, you can't run. You know, you have to stay. You have to fight. You have to, like, like, like they, they will keep, if you run, they will chase you. They will always find you, basically. You, you, the, you, the best way is to stay together and The stay, best way is to yeah. stay together and to be a family yeah. and to fight it together. And they're like, what? And then they're, and she's like, mom? And then that woman looks like, like it's like she wakes up and she's like 
what? No. Like, who are you? Yeah, like, and like her friend that takes her away, like, you okay there? Enid or Elspeth? Elspeth or something. Yeah, Yeah, it's some some old lady name. And they take her away and they're like, what the hell? And then, uh, so they go out to their car, like, you know, they got to the station wagon. They're like, what? And Taylor is basically sitting there leaning on their car. And he's and like, she's right, you know. She's right, you know. And they're like, oh, were you in cahoots with her? And yeah, he's like, right. I cahoot with no one. <laughs> Which is my favorite line in this movie. Yeah, it's a it pretty is good such one. a yeah. great line because he says it so, he sells it, but it is so the good. stupidest line. I cahoot, cahoot with, with no one. And so basically they're, you know, he, they, they, he like basically, they, they, they believe him enough to like let him go well, to their house. Well, actually and, not yet. The, well, they're still chatting with him. He, they're, they're like, um, uh, Diane and Stephen are having this conversation and all of a sudden Carol Ann, who's like drawn to him because she, he's safe. She's, she's talking to him and he's having a whole conversation with her and they're watching this, like, who's this dude? And then, but they see like her trust of him. And yeah. I, I really do think that that is like and, what kind of what puts it. Yeah. And, and, and then there's a great moment I forgot to mention where we, because Craig T. Nelson's a, a, a tall man. Yeah. Craig T. Nelson's fairly tall. Like, I think he's like at least 6'2", 6'3". Yeah, he's he's a tall, tall guy. And he stands up to like, like, like to like get in the face of Taylor. And then Taylor stands up straight and he's like half a head taller it's again. It's really funny. It's such a great moment. Yeah. It's so, it's, it's good. such a good throw. I mean, if you've got a guy who's 6'7 in your cast. Oh, you, you have you, you to use the guy. That. You use the fact that he's 6'7". So anyway, Taylor goes back to their house and starts cleaning it up. And there's a whole thing about the car not working very the well. The car is angry. The, yeah, Taylor says the car is angry and he'll 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 work on it. Yeah. Um. And then uh, essentially, um. The, and he's staying outside. And yeah, like, he's staying outside. And it's kind of a weird thing where like like they're kind of torn about him because they're like, who is this weirdo? Yeah. You know. But like by the same token, they're like a little worried. Like like there's a whole thing where he puts like. Robbie in like some war paint and like and she's like what are you doing you know like no our son doesn't have to do this you know and he's like he needs to be a warrior he needs to be the man of the house yeah yeah. like well no he just says he needs to be a warrior basically no but Um, Robbie says I'm I'm now I'm a man of the house or something like that yeah I'm gonna be a man now you know or something something. like that yeah um anyway so there's a whole there's a whole deal where he's staying around. It's kind of like it's it's almost like a half comedic thing where he's fooling around. There's like a whole thing where some leaves are floating around his head when he's outside. Yeah, and they're watching him. And they're watching him. And I thought they were I thought they were butterflies at first, but I was like, no, they're just leaves. <laughs> Those are just leaves. I'm like, oh yeah, I guess that's boring. Unlike the delight that would be butterflies. Aww. And and anyway, um, and then a scene happens where he's not in the scene until it's over. Yes, and it's where interesting. It, like. Carol Ann is out playing on the lawn, and it's a beautiful sunlit day. And I have to say, this is an... Does this happen now, or does Yes. Oh, this is before the braces? Uh, I didn't write down. uh, I think... Oh, yeah, I think it is definitely... Yes, it's before the braces. Okay, great. Okay, okay, okay. okay. Yeah. So, Carol Ann's out playing in the sun. And I will say, this is an interesting scene, because it is always bright. Yeah. Which horror is normally in the dark. Yeah. There's nothing. The scene is always well lit, and it is creepy as hell. It it's sure mostly is. due to the performance, uh, you know, of okay. the preacher here. But um, Julian Beck. Julian Beck, yes. Yeah. Um, so he shows up, walking down the street while she's playing, singing and like, is him. Singing is him, and, and as as she sees him, it starts raining, and he ignores the rain. It's just like battering down on him. But it's still sunny. It's still sunny. It's very bright. It's very bright and it's raining. And it's raining. Yeah, and like and that's part of the uncanniness of it. Is yeah. It's like it's very it's like it's a heavy rain that's happening and but it's still very bright and like she's like and they're like, "Honey, come inside." And she's just like standing there like, Aah! 
inside. Like, she's terrified. She's not moving, though. She's not... She's and they're not yelling at her. Up. Like, her parents are saying, come on inside, you know? Yeah, and he and he and he's just singing his song, and he walks up the drive, uh, you know? And they get her inside, like, up to the porch, you know? And everyone in the house is kind of like, mm, you know, like, everyone's on the porch looking like kind of... Well, it's not everyone. It's... it's, yeah. uh, the it's four of them. Steve, Diane. No, Robbie's not there. Robbie's not there at this point? I don't think he Does he, he go is. inside? Because he got in the parents. I think, yeah. Robbie, yeah, maybe he did. Yeah, I think yeah. Robbie got the parents. Because I don't remember, I don't remember him being mm. on the porch. Maybe he was, but yeah. he, maybe he was standing back. Um, but um, he shows up and he introduces himself, you know. The, the preacher. And, and he's like, I just like to walk around and talk to people, even if it's raining. You yeah. know, I just love to meet people. And he's being friendly, but he's very creepy. He's very Mike Pence. Yeah, and he takes, no, Mike Pence is not that friendly. <laughs> or that charismatic. <laughs> Good point. And looks less human. Oh, God, um, it's true. No, because this preacher is old-time religion, not creepy evangelical uh, homophobe. Um, hey, if you're a creepy evangelical homophobe, you can go ahead and stop listening. Yeah, you probably podcast. don't want to uh, I don't want you listening. Uh, anyway, um, but, the, but the preacher's like talking very friendly, but he's very... And there's a scene where uh, E-Buzz is next to him and he goes to pet E-Buzz. And, uh, like, and I will say this, it's a little badly edited because it's like you see E-Buzz sit there and you can... like It's cut in such a way that you can see... It is very obvious that Ebuzz is looking at his trainer and sees the gesture so he can pull away. Yeah. <laughs> like, it is, it is not a great edit. But it's still conceptually great because it's like, okay, the dog is freaked out yeah. by him, you know, and it, you know, and, and he's like, oh, you know, but he's, he's like, God, can I come? description of him, like, his, his skull trying to get out of his skin is so good. Well, it's, I, it's yeah. like all I can think about right yeah, now. Yeah, it's like I'm it's sorry, very it's much just, like his skull is just it's, so... It's so wrongly It's fit. so... Yeah, his, his whole face looks like it's not constructed quite oh, right. Oh, God, it, that's such a good description. And unfortunately, it's really how he kind of looked. Yeah, so I know, it's right? Like, I mean, I, I think some of it was like, you know, putting extra shadow yeah. under the eyes and extra yeah, yeah, things yeah, yeah. to make him look extra creepy. But and maybe know? they did give him dentures so that they were I, bigger. Well, well, I mean, he might have just had dentures. Well, they are big. You know, but he's... But it's like he's got like Jerry Orbach dentures. In his yeah. Mouth. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> Jesus! Uh, but he does not have Jerry Orbach's hair because he no. does take off his hat, and you find he's pretty bald. Pretty bald. But he's, uh, you know, but he and he, but he basically is like, I, you know, like I just like to come in and talk with you for a minute. And he's like, you know what? You can let's just stay out here. And it ends up with when everyone. You say they said that's that's the family's Steven, like Stephen yeah. says Stephen's like, why don't we just stay out, out here, here, talk out here? And everyone else in the family goes into the house. Yeah, well, uh, Carol Ann actually mentions that she's not feeling well. She's not, yeah. Carol Ann's like, I'm not feeling well. Like, and her mom, her, she takes him in. She's and like, Robbie, I'll, I'll, and if Robbie hasn't already gone in, he goes in now. And then it, it like, and and meanwhile, well, it's important to say this that that uh, Diane says that she's gonna she's gonna go take her temperature. Yeah, and they yeah they go and they and and Diane has like this whole crazy while this scene is going on outside yeah there's like cuts back and forth yeah she has all these memories of the preacher and he's like looking hideous and like like deranged and like and there's all these like and there's all these people around crying and reaching reaching to him and you know and she's like feeling like and like diane is freaking out in the kitchen uh you know and um uh, and caroline and robbie are inside the house somewhere and around this time i was like where the fuck's taylor Mm -hmm. uh but taylor will not show up for a while um Stephen right now is in the house. Stephen has, yeah, has has walked in the house, door. and 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 uh, and the Reverend Kane has come to the. He's up to the screen. He's got his hand on the screen, 
and he's talking to me, and and, and he's like, you know, and, and he keeps he's like, I'm basically. I'm glad that your your family's gone now because I need to talk to just you. And he's saying basically, there's this character Taylor. He's like Taylor, like there's this Indian, there's this Indian man, you know, or something like he, he says, like say an Indian, Indian, but he says Indian think, man. Yeah, he does. Oh, he does. There's an Indian man who's you know like around here that you may have been like, oh yeah, Taylor. He's like, oh, is that what he's calling himself? You know, yeah. and, and, and like it has this whole thing of like, you know, like he's trying to imply that Taylor is the actual malicious, malevolent force, yeah, yeah. you know, and and he keeps basically trying to be like, you should let me in. We should yeah. come in and I should talk. And it, and it has this whole, it has this feeling of like Dracula not being able to come into the house until he's invited. Right. But ultimately he comes in the house and isn't invited. He, he's, yeah, but he, but he's. Not not in this scene. Not in this scene, but I'm oh. saying in the like he's never actually invited in. He ends up in there, so I don't know what this means that he needs to come in of, of being in because it seems like he's desperate to actually get invited in. Yeah. Like it's like it like it feels like he can't come in until he's invited, but um, unless they cut a scene or unless they found a way, he gets in. Well, he gets in through the bottle. Right, right, but like the <coughs> but he's not invited into the house. No. The bottle's already in the house. Right. My point is. My point is, it feels like it feels like that whole vampire lore of like a vampire can't enter your house until it's invited. Because yeah, he keeps saying, "Let me let, in. let me in," and he gets more, more and more insistent. It goes, but he also starts playing up on Stephen's fears. He's yeah. like, you know, you feel like you can't protect your family, and it makes you feel like less of a man. And like, it's very like it's very obvious. Like this tailor is protecting your family, and you're like, it, there's a lot yeah. of this whole thing. Of like, I can help you. We could talk about this, you know, and like. Like it feels like there should have been a moment when he's like, like where he was invited in, in some capacity, some point in the movie. Yeah. But like, and the movie seems to be implying that he is getting to Stephen, and he does eventually in in a in a way, but yeah. not at this point and not now. And Stephen finally gets like like you he need hears to leave. he hears Carol Ann. She says, "Daddy," and he hears her, and they both sort of like jump. Uh, him and the preacher both jump, and then he says, well, "You know, time is running out. You got to let me in." And then he says, "No, no, no. You should leave. You need to leave." And and he's like, "Oh well, I tried." Yeah. And he and he walks away, still singing the song. And as he gets about halfway down the driveway, and as as Craig T. Nelson is watching him, he fades and disappears. Which I thought, like, and the and the rain stops. And the rain stops. And but and the funny thing about that is, I'm watching. I'm like, wow, he's really overplaying his hand now. Craig T. Nelson knows this preacher is evil. Yeah, you know, like you'd think it'd be like he'd like, like try to present himself as like a little like not. Oh, I'm a supernatural force. Right, exactly. By the way, yeah, you know. But uh, so so that's so basically at that point Taylor kind of approaches him, and there's this whole. That's when Taylor basically is explaining how like yeah you know, he shows up and he's like you did good you, you know did you good. did good and there's a whole thing where Taylor basically is like you know you know you need to be a warrior you know I'm a warrior like you know like that is why I you know like. There's a whole thing about discussing where Taylor kind of says. I have a I have a theory, by the way, about your let me in thing and whatever. I think it's easier for him. If he well, lets yeah, him I, in, it's, it's, he doesn't have to work as hard. He's there. I get that. But like, I feel like that needed to have been explained. I agree. Like, I feel like they, I feel like it's, mit, like, if you're not going to have him invited in, then you're missing a scene where, where, like, they believe he can get in only if he's invited. Mm. And then he's in anyway, and it's like, you were wrong, and this yeah. is why. Mm. You know, or something. Because, like, I just feel like that Im- that implicit thing makes it... Like, I feel like it's a cheap thing when he just shows up without without that yeah, being addressed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, like, it, it does, like, again, I, I feel like this movie is, again, not... not as well constructed. Not, not, not as tightly constructed Ew, as the Not even close. Yeah. So... 
but there's a whole thing where Taylor talks about being a warrior at this point, and like where he basically says something like, like he implies that it's like I would rather die, you know, like failing, like but fighting than fighting, than yeah. ever than ever giving in, mm-hmm. and that's what makes me a warrior. You know, and he's yeah. basically implying like Stephen, you need to be a warrior yeah. for your family. You need because you've got. He basically says something along the lines of, "You've always gone through your life like just sort of feeling controlled by others and feeling like you're drifting along to an end you don't even want." You know, and like basically saying like Stephen, you need to step it up. And also, he keeps reiterating throughout the movie. He gets more and more as later, a little bit later, comes along. But I think it's important to just note this in case we forget later that it is the family, the core family, that is. That is the power. He keeps talking about how the power that you have against this preacher is your love for each other, your love for the family, your love for right. a Diane, your love for mm-hmm. her love for you, and your love for the children. And like that is what he can't break that. Right. That is the one force. Right. That as you long have. as you focus on that, you're fine. Yeah. But um, so anyway, now we get to the next scare set piece, mm-hmm. which is. It begins with, like, Robbie's about to, like, clean his braces. Yeah. And uh, he, and he and Caroline's teasing him or trying to get him to come downstairs. And, and like, he's like, I got to get my braces. Yeah. And there's a, there's, they do, like, one of those scenes where when he turns away from the mirror, you see, like, a horrible skeleton. Yeah. Like, Whoa! You know, like, a cheap jump scare there. And then I was like, okay, that, that, that was a cheap jump scare. You know, it was creepy, but cheap. And then... <laughs> I'm sorry. It's a terrible scene. Oh, it's fucking great. But great, it's, but terrible. It's no, it's great for the wrong reasons. Yeah. Which is, in mirroring the tree. Yeah. In the original Poltergeist, which is scary oh, as scary fuck, fuck, or the clown, oh. which is also scary as fuck. Instead, which I think in a lot of ways, you combine John Wayne Gacy in that scene in Poltergeist, and that explains what the like. I don't think people were afraid of clowns really until. <laughs> like until like the late seventies, early eighties, when those two scenes, like you, when oh, there's a serial killer who dresses a clown, and oh, also here's a scene where a clown toy is the most terrifying yeah. thing. Um, but um, I always find that tree much scarier. The tree is though the tree is fucking terrifying. But uh, but Robbie is like he's going to clean his, his his like he bares his teeth. He can see his old wire braces, you know, and all of a sudden the wires in a very bad effect go up his face. Yeah, like, and like, like basically stop starts surrounding him. And, they, and, then, and then there's wires everywhere and Craig T. Nelson comes up and he's like, oh, like Craig T. Nelson comes up to save him, and, and so then, does Joe, and Beth Joe Beth Williams, Williams and they're like, and they're like, ah, and they're like, there's wires everywhere, and it's all over Robbie, and like they never really explain it; just sort of stops. Well, the, what, well, what the the um, but the wires are like reaching Robbie to touch the, 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 the electric, electric, and like I think Joe Beth Williams grabs it and pulls it away, yeah. and like all the like it just sort of ends, because which yeah. happens a lot in Poltergeist yeah. too, like the like the, the 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 attack just sort of ends. But oh my god, it's one of the funniest. Stupidest things. Oh, it sucks and it's so great at the same time. It's so, it's like, it's like, it's like, I guess that would be horrifying if it happened to me, but that looks so damn stupid. Well, and then (laughs) Craig T. Nelson screaming, Taylor, where were you? Where are you? And and Taylor was holding Carol Ann. When they get downstairs, he's he's like, where were you? And he's like, I was protecting Carol Ann. She's the real target. Yeah, she's you the know, one they were they, after. They don't, they're not after him. Yeah, that, they were trying to separate you. Yeah. So that they could get to her. You know, and and there's a whole, and, and then the toy phone rings. And that's when Craig T. Nelson picks it up. And he's like, you know, he's like, and like, it, like you know, it's like yelling at her, you know, like, and he's like, why won't you? No, actually, no, it's a Craig, Craig T. Nelson yells, why won't you leave us alone? Yeah. And then. And then you just, you, then the house just screams. I'm sorry, he doesn't pick up the phone at this point. That's later. Yeah. Uh, like, and the house just, you hear in the voice of the preacher, you hear, you can't keep her. I'm not dead. Yeah. You know, and that's when, and that's when Taylor explains that the preacher is 
a man filled with a demon lost in the world outside this world, yeah, which it means really, that means nothing. Means that's nothing. nonsense. That's, that's, that's basically word salad. That's nonsense. That they threw together. That sounds interesting, but not. I mean, and that's when he and Craig T. Nelson go off to the desert. Into a sweat lodge. Into a sweat lodge. so that they, and, and Tangina actually shows back up. Yes, Tangina. Well, so they leave. And I guess Tangina's showing up to like cover the, cover fort, the, cover the right. fort wall. Because he is going to train Craig T. Nelson how to be a warrior in the sweat lodge. And while that's going on and he's explaining the need to be a warrior and how he, you know, like the battling of all that. Meanwhile, Tangina is explaining the history of what they discovered at the house. Has Joe Beth Williams, has Diane had the moment where she's been out in the Rose Garden with her mom yet? That was actually... A while back? That was actually right after she died. We forgot to mention it. That right. Was, it's that was before a, any... That was before she even had the dream, I think, where, where she it's dragged. It's important yeah. only because the preacher tries to use that against her. Right. Like, yeah. What, what, yeah. Like, right after her mother died, she has this, she has this memory of, like... Like she's standing like by these roses, like trimming the roses, and she has this memory, and like the yard is empty of all the flowers that were there at this current time, yes. and her uh, like it's her as a little girl and her mother as you know a middle aged woman, you know going out or a younger woman going out with her, and it's like where, and she's saying you know uh, Diane, where do we want to plant these flowers? And she's like right over here, and it's where the flowers are growing now. And your Joe Beth Williams starts crying at the memory. But that was way earlier. Yeah, yeah. But it's important because yeah, we forgot because to it. because it comes up later, right? Like briefly, but it's important. So anyway, we learn that's when Tangina tells the story that essentially there, like, there was a cult that came out like in the in the eighteenth in the nineteenth century, in the eighteen hundreds. This cult came out west of California, like this. Basically, you know, right to Cuesta Verde. Like right, to, and they, they like they they disappeared somewhere near Cuesta Verde, and you know it. Like essentially the um, the idea like like the the, the the and she's like she's showing the uh, she's showing Diane these pictures and saying do you feel anything from each of these things so and she, then she hands him a picture of the preacher yeah and she's like that's the man she like freaks out and 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 that's like, and she's like that was the leader of this of this she's of like this she's group. like I needed to confirm it I needed to confirm it you know and and basically what like that's when you learn like basically this cult had gone out like like they originally had gone out to be like this. To live in a little like communal utopian community, but it ended up they ended up lot like the the preacher told them all like like salvation was coming salvation was coming and they had to, they locked themselves in a cave deep underground and they and basically when salvation didn't come they all wanted to get out and he didn't let them and they all like like starved to death down you know under you know locked in this you know cavern. Um, and that's that's like the story behind. And basically, the spirits because they they died in the way they did, they're stuck there. But they tasted Caroline, and like her, like and they they basically want her, and they're not going to be happy until they find her and have her. You know, they want to pull her to the other side. And the preacher wants to possess her because he like believes because he still believes he's. He thinks alive. he's still alive. He doesn't realize he's. He doesn't really realize he's dead. Like, his evil has, like, basically allowed him to, his spirit to live on on the edge. And, and apparently he was an even more evil man than just this, like... Yeah, he was, like, well, he was, well, like, again, he locked them in and let them yeah. die. Yeah, he's he was like, horrible. Like, he was crazy and, like, you know, a megalomaniac and, yeah. like, a, like a, a, just, like, over the top. It wasn't, you know, like, like it, it, it's, 
like like so many of those like weird utopian religious communities, it started out with this good idea. I mean, look at the Jonestown situation. Mm, where, I don't like, want to talk. If you about actually, it. yeah, like I can't. I literally can't talk yeah. about that. But their but their their core tenets when they started yeah. in the '60s was this wonderful group of racial harmony and yeah. justice and beauty that was perverted by a madman. And so that's kind of the whole idea yeah. of this cult is like these these were people that probably wanted to make the world a better place, yeah. and they you know went out in the middle of nowhere. And and I think like they were they oh and they were they were they, like they. They thought they were massacred by the the natives. That's right. That but was they the weren't really story. like that was the original story. But actually, what had happened is he had locked them down under mm-hmm. the thing. Yeah, everyone believed they were massacred by the natives near Cuesta Verde. Yeah, um, an ancient Indian burial ground. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but anyway, um, so so we get back to the house. He now he's a warrior. Stephen's a warrior, but. And Taylor, that's is Taylor leave them then? Yeah. Yeah. Taylor says it's Taylor like, says that, like my my work here is done. Yeah. It's and now on you. Whoops. And Stephen immediately uh, takes his warrior status of getting really shit faced on. Well, it's technically mezcal, I assume, not tequila, <laughs> because there's a worm in the bottle. Yeah. And we know this because in a scene that is genuinely before it gets gross, first it gets creepy. Yeah. It's there's like he's sitting around, he's drunk in the house. And Tangina's gone. And by the way, point. what is he doing? Getting drunk at the. I think he's, well, what happens is he goes home. Well, he's and, been drinking the whole fucking movie. Well, right, but he goes home and the kids are really upset that Taylor's not long, no longer there. Yeah, and like, so they I think don't he gets trust resentful. him, so he gets yeah. resentful, so he starts Yeah, to that's drink. true. But so he's drinking, uh, and at one point he's sitting He's sitting in essentially the dark drinking. They're all, oh, and they're all sleeping in, this, in the middle of the house together yes. in the room so that, like, you know, like none of them are separated, which is smart. Very for smart. Um, but he, um, a, like I mean, they do end up getting split up in the house later because that because they're idiots. But um, but like there's this scene though, like where first of all, like he like he's you like there's a close up on the bottle and the worm in the bottle and it opens its eye and looks around at him and one of the dolls turns and then the phone rings. Yes, you know. And in the meantime, uh, Diane's upstairs. Uh, she and Carolina are in the bath together and she's washing her hair and they're just talking. Yeah, and. And and then at like and at then Stephen ends up drinking the bottle far enough until you see the worm come up and touch his lips. Yeah. And then you see him go like, yeah. and like, and then he ends up swallowing the worm. And then he like you see his like like he go, goes through this change and like yeah. the look on his face changes. And I will say he does a good job. He does a good job of basically Craig T. Nelson starts acting like the preacher. Yeah, it's and really it, creepy. Like, he mentions wanting the angel, you know, you know, like, and. But he's so he so he but he starts he shows singing up, the song. He starts singing the song. That's the first thing he does yeah. is he starts singing he's the song. He's walking up the stairs. Walking up the stairs, and at this point they're out of the bath, and uh, Joe Beth Williams tells uh, Carol Ann to like put on her nighty, and and then uh, but but Craig T. Nelson sees shows her. up. Sees but he but he sees Joe Beth Williams not not. No, he sees her. He sees Carol Ann. And he, but but and he says something to her. Oh, he says hello, angel. Yeah, and and he, he goes, calls he goes, her an angel. He goes, he wants he, to hug her, and, and she's she, like she's like she's ah. really uncreeped she's, out. She by felt him. she immediately feels like this is not right. Yeah, you know. Because one, her father's showing her affection. Come on, it's Craig T. Nelson. <laughs> oh my God, I didn't mean to hit you that hard. Ow! Yeah. Good lord. <laughs> um, 
So, but then he basically uh, ends up accosting um, Joe Beth Williams yeah. and like trying to like have sex with her in like a really creepy way. And she's like, "What are you doing? What? What? You yeah, know? What is going on here?" And, and then she and, realizes and that it's like there's something wrong with you. You're yeah. not acting like she's like he's not acting right. Yeah, you know, he's very weird and handsy, and he's like speaking strange and like and, and again she, he's like I think she realizes it yeah she realizes there's something like you're not right what's going on and then she know? starts just yelling I love you I love, love you, you I, I love, love you. you and he like starts like writhing and then he starts he ends up and I will say uh, I'm pretty sure the name on this in the credits of what comes out of his mouth is the like the vomit demon or something yeah because he basically pukes the worm up but the worm is huge now yeah I and couldn't it watch turns, this it's episode. very gross. I've seen it before and I was like, I can't. I, I literally said, "John," I said, "I will be closing my eyes during this." And segment. I will say this: it is ridiculous. And gr- and by the way, this is definitely where um, we haven't mentioned it yet. But the design credit on a lot of these monsters mm. is H.R. Giger. Yeah, you know, that who, makes uh, sense. Who yeah. Most people should know him. If they don't, he did the Alien. Yeah. In Alien, and it makes so much sense. And all, when the, you see all, and all the ship weirdness that's at the beginning of Alien when they, you know, when mm-hmm. they find that weird alien spaceship. But uh, he, like, he, you know, he's a Swiss surrealist, and he's fairly well known. You probably know who he is. Yeah, but if you don't, his, you've seen his work, you even if you don't, don't. Yeah, if you don't, yeah, he did the cover of that Debbie uh, Har- Deborah Harry solo album. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think he, oh, and he did the, of course, he did the cover of uh, of ELP's Brain Salad Surgery. Like he's, he's very amazing. like it's creepy, weird, lots of phallic stuff. He famously, if you're into punk music, you know that uh, his penis landscape uh, number five, I think it is, was included as an insert in the Dead Kennedys album Frankenchrist, which got them in a lot of obscenity law trouble. It's a basically a wall of penises entering vaginas, and it's like really gross and mold. Like they're like Ew. rotting looking because uh, like. As I think, uh, I think it was in a spoken word album, Jellaby Afro said, well, the whole theme of the album is everyone's fucking everyone else. And it's not, you know, like, it's not a loving thing. It's just this gross, like, you know, like. Why do I feel like Julian would be, like, his best, bu- like, his Oh, best Julian. Fan. Like, you know Julian owns at least one Tashin book of yeah, the Eternity Girl. Uh, absolutely. I know I did. Um, <laughs> uh, but anyway, um. But anyway, yeah. Uh, so, it, but H.R. Giger clearly designed this horrible, monstrous thing, and it's like this. This it, it ends up being sort of looks a little. It's almost like it's becoming the preacher gradually. Yeah, it's like but it's like it's like a, it's it. kind of a fetus, kind of a legless really worm. Like it has these little like half vestigial like rear legs and and it kind of turns and looks and smiles and it's like it's very and drippy and oozy and slimy and shiny. It's it's gross. It's gross. It's gross. Um, it's very gross. Um, so, um, but then Stephen... Like he returns to himself. He returns he, to once himself. Once he Once he, he gets in its face and blows the smoke that he had shared from the peace pipe. Not the peace pipe. Yeah, but like, but, there was like a sharing of smoke in the sweat lodge. And that was like where it, like the smoke was entering him and making him a warrior. Yeah. And like he blows this like... And it's kind of like almost Blue. bluish yeah. smoke onto the creature. And it just basically dissipates. Yeah. You know, that's like so... And then this is when they run to find the kids. The kids are screaming and they're like, oh no, the kids. And like, oh yeah, like the monster like backs up and oh, the monster ends up zooping off into the ceiling and they go up to the ceiling and there's no marks there. Like it's at the top of the stairs. It like, like, but it's just gone. Like Like like, you see the, the, the chandelier moving, but like there's nothing there. And then they realize the kids are, they haven't found the kids yet. And they like idiots, they immediately split up. Yeah. Like dummies. And then, you know, there's some horrors. They, they, they go chasing around. The Scooby gang always splits up. And, like, there's... Uh, the father they, finds the son. Right? He, at one point, they open up... A, 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 like, there's a, a skull in the closet or yeah. something. Like it's, like, it's like scary stuff happens. And they're yeah. running around. Um, and I will say, 
there is some really like they end up like they end up going they end up like they can't find Carol Ann and but they they end up finding her in the garage. She's inside she's in the, the car, car and she's like and they're like you know let us in let it and she he's like let me in let me in Carol Ann and and you know she's last time she saw him he was being terrifying right so she's scared to let him in and like and meanwhile like the house is recognizing because you know this is ultimately always like like every poltergeist even though it's an evil force going after them it's going to be a haunted house movie so yeah. the how the, the evil in the house has found him in the garage yeah and and like things are starting to things like, are starting to go wild and the, the mother ends up getting caroland to open the door meanwhile like the there's like a live wire that's going after them like they all get in the car except uh except for uh at like ebuzz like it's not in the car yet, and there's this live wire, and you see Eba's grabbing and holding this is it. Some good dog. Act. Like he has a look in his face, like you gotta go, you gotta yeah, go. Like yeah. he almost has like a leave me behind, but yeah. they managed to get yeah, him. him. They managed to get him and jump in the car. And but I'm they like, can't move the car because the car has been these chains have like wrapped, wrapped around the bumper of the, the car, so they're the like car. running the engine, and they're uh, like, but it. the car won't move. And then a chainsaw comes to life because it's the '80s and chainsaws, yeah. and the chainsaws like grrrring onto the top of the car, and like it actually like slides across the. De- the funny thing is it doesn't actually break the windshield. Yeah. It just like puts a scratch, scratch in it, it. And, it, and it makes a horrible whining yeah. noise. And then it drives through the top of the car and it's like running down the middle of the car yeah. and they're all freaking out and screaming and Craig T. Nelson's like leaning over to try and get out of his way. And, and finally somehow Finally like I, I, I think he like the car and like and, and the thing is they're like you know like they're like why were you in the car in the first place you know like yeah. and she's like because Taylor told me to go there because apparently the car is like he, he spoke to the car yeah and he's made like he's done something that like but basically the car finally just bursts through and crashes through the door and yeah. they drive out of the, they, the like leaves the, the fender behind or the, yeah, yeah. The, the bumper the bumper yeah and they, they they come squealing out and they're like you know like they're driving you know like 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 crazy, and, and that's and what that, Taylor oh, yeah. has told them that they have to go back to Cuesta Verde. Yeah, he tells him. He told him he's like, you have to go there, and he's like, what? And he's like, I'm not taking my family there. He's like, your whole family has to go. You have to all face it together. Yeah, yeah. and you know, so they end up driving there, and it's interesting because that that's when she so, tells him that Taylor told him to get in the car, and it's really fun, weird because there's this there's this scene where they're talking, and through the back, like uh, Robbie's in the back with with E Buzz, and the rest of the family's in the front because it's like a it's an old fashioned like bench seat. Yeah. You know, so the rest of the family's in the front and there's a car driving behind them and it, it has nothing to do with anything. It's just a pair of headlights that are behind them. But it's like, it's like, it shot in such a way, it's like, are, are they getting followed yeah, by? Yeah, I thought like, the same thing. Like, is someone following them? Yeah, I thought the same thing. So they, they end up, they end up back at the house. And at the old, the old, the, the site of their the house. Of their they house. go there and they go down like through the chain link fence that was like around surrounding everything. And, and Tangina's there. Tangina's there, and and they go down in down deep in like under the pool into you know like down the ladder below like the original graves into right. the cavern, you know, and and down there before they get to the bot before they get to all the way to the bottom, they see Taylor is there with like a fire, like Taylor's apparently. Come again to uh, let me make sure I'm, I'm reading. No, you're right. Or I just want to make sure I'm reading well, the right order because I, I my my next page of notes has. Uh, uh, so yeah, ten, yeah, Tangina's there. They go into the tomb. Um, then oh no, and then there's like a whole like there's a whole uh, thing like where before they see Taylor like I think or maybe they maybe they do see Taylor first. I'm not sure, but then like that's when the preacher shows up and he's like out of nowhere. He just like just pops up and he goes, "Come with me!" and grabs. Uh, 
Carol Ann and pulls her away into like nothingness. And it is the weirdest, cheapest effect. Yeah. It's so funny because this movie is a weird mix of there's some obvious budget in some yeah. of the effects. And some of it is just terrible. And some of it is so that looks like, like this is comedic. Yeah. Like I laughed. Like I laughed almost as hard as the braces scene. It is mm. and then oh yeah, and then Taylor's there. So yeah, that was yeah. before. And Taylor basically like he has this fire there and the he's like fire. the blue fire he like throws the stuff in it it's like you have to leap into the fire and go and together as a family and save her you know and they all jump in the fire and then this movie just gets silly it gets as fucking all weird as all get hell. out yeah. and it it suddenly turns into like the the ending of like a jrpg like some sort of final fantasy shit like they're really they're weird. like they jump into the fire and they're like, like flying floating. they're floating in like this weird like cloudy in, in between in, infinite and like they're you know like they they Carol Ann is there and like I like there's I don't really even remember the demon being there I just remember Carol Ann's there and they, they go to they try, try to, to grab her, her and, and then, then she, she gets pulled fly. into the light yeah. she goes into the light yeah and they're like oh no she's gone forever and, you and they're see crying Taylor, Taylor goes I've lost her it's this yeah. crazy horrible and Taylor's movie. like I've lost yeah Taylor's like he's lost her she's gone there's no way she could possibly come back and then all of a sudden from out of the light a shape comes and I don't know at some point I guess the, the preacher just goes away I don't yeah. really know like just disappears um, yeah, like like and like and you hear and all of a sudden here comes holding Carol Ann and bringing her closer is the grandmother Okay, that's enough. I, yes, I was trying to do it yes, underneath you. you. Can, yeah, well, it was, it it's distracting, honey. Oh, <laughs> you know what they normally do in movies when there's a score is the actors perform and then someone else puts the score in later so they're not distracted <laughs> by the orchestra. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't finish my thought Sorry. because this music was going on. So, <laughs> so, um, but the grandmother like is there and she smiles at them and like Carol Ann drifts back to them, you know, and the grandmother floats away like, hey, I saved your ass one more time. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm the only heroic member of this family. You Seriously. suck, Stephen. <laughs> you know. And they grab her and they get her back out of and the then, fire. And then they, and... Pop, they come popping out of the fire. Yeah. And all is well. And there certainly won't be a Poltergeist 3. Well, do you want to tell us about no, the yeah, car? Yeah. Well, I am. Yeah, but okay. I was saying there yeah. certainly won't be a Poltergeist 3 because oh they've solved all, they the solved all the problems. And there, the sun is up. It's it's morning now. It's morning now, and they're in this ruined subdivision, and they're like, and Taylor's there, and he's like, "You did it! You're 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 all warriors!" and blah blah blah. And he's like, "Is there anything we can do to repay?" He's like, "Well, to be honest, the car wants the to car come home. really wants to come, come home, home with me." me. He's like, and and and, and, and Stephen's kind of like, you know what? Yeah, great, you can have the car. And the, the about ten seconds before the movie yeah. re- realizes it, I'm like. How are they going to get Yeah, home? literally. We both were like, uh, nobody's And then all there. of a sudden, and Taylor drives off in the car, which now drives, starts perfectly and drives without any hitch, you know, and like the whole movie, the car has been like smoking and squerving. And even when they were driving there, the car was like resisting Angry, and yeah. like whatever, but like the car just drives perfectly fine as right. he gets into it. And he drives off and they're like, and they're like, hey dad, how are we going to get home? Yeah. That's our car. And they're like, wait, Taylor, Taylor. And they run after as the credits come. Because apparently all Poltergeist movies need to end with a dumb joke. Yeah. Like the way they put the, the, the like when they put the TV. The TV. Oh, yeah. oh, I forgot to mention there's a whole bit where they don't have a TV in the house. Oh, and yeah. The kid, Robbie and Robbie's complaining. And he's, and, wants like, a TV. Because, and he's like, no, you just listen to the radio. Yeah. Like, that's normal. Like, you, know, nobody, you don't need a TV. You know, because obviously in the last movie, the TV was the problem. So, yeah, they end up chasing after him. And then it's credits. And it's like, what the fuck, dude? Yeah. Like, and apparently this entire movie was an elaborate scheme for Taylor to steal his, his car. car. Yeah. 
So I guess uh, what I have to say, Allie, now that we've gotten to this yeah. far, uh, much longer than I meant to talk about this movie, was Poltergeist 2 worth revisiting. Oh, I'm torn. Um, I think it was for me because, okay, I have a thing about, I don't like scary movies. Um, I didn't like them as kids because they really haunted me. And, they, and as an adult, I see them in a different way because I can't handle bad things happening to animals. I can't, they can't yeah. handle bad things happening to kids. Like, these are just my things. And, like, this is true. Like, I, I will I will perseverate <laughs> And yet it. you showed me a movie well, with the children that are always in danger and a dog holding a live wire. Yeah, but here's mouth. the thing. But here's the thing. They, both, they all get out and they're all okay. Well, that's been my argument on numerous things I've shown you where you're like, I can't watch this. I'm like, I know, the kid but survives. Not, Don't worry. But you have to understand, I saw the, this uh, when I was a kid, so okay. I already knew the outcome. All right, all it's right. It's a little bit different. So anyway, I already have the visual of what's going to happen because I've already seen it but the point is that like i i was kind of traumatized by the preacher in this movie when i saw it oh, like it creepy was dude. so creepy i, I see scared. why you were scared as a i kid. was scared and i will say the original poltergeist scared the shit oh out yeah the original one scared i, I mean saw i was the original like one. i was six i saw it in the movie theater and i, and I saw it right after it got on hbo so i was not was, much i was not much older than you i think it was it, it, terrible. Like, i guess it was released maybe in early like, i remember who i went to the movies with i was six years old and i remember who i saw it with and i was like this is just i can't even and like that that terrified me and then when i finally saw this one and this one i did not see in the theater i saw this one like on hbo or whatever and i will say that like I was by myself in the middle of like a Saturday afternoon and I was still terrified that the preacher and then that scene with the vomiting the thing up was it just it stuck with me and I will say I will say that scene is in no way frightening to me it is gross as hell but it but is But if not you were if you were like 8 watching that movie or whatever however we were Well I mean it was released when we were 10 so if you saw it when you were 8 then okay, I, so I, I, will, I I would be pretty terrified I too <laughs> I was 10 when I saw that movie but anyway so my point is my point is that as far as like scary scary situations go, it was really good oh, for me to re-see it yeah. as an adult because it it helped to like put away the trauma of it because kind of like what you said, I could see the strings. A and little I will bit. and I, I will say see this: the, the practical effects. I, I would have been understand. horrified if I saw this at, at ten too. Yeah. I did not like. I didn't really get into horror movies until my late teens. Yeah, like I and like late teens, early twenties was when I saw most of the horror movies I've seen in my life. Well, you know uh, why I'm so traumatized by horror movies, right? Because you are you are a Reagan. Yeah, because of The Exorcist. Which is so funny. You you realize you're Jewish. You don't have to believe in the shit. It's a Catholic movie. Do you know that I used to I used to walk down the street if I was like coming home at night or if I was coming back from the bus or something? I would absolutely believe that that the devil was chasing yeah. me. You, meanwhile, I was worried there might be a gremlin under my bed. I mean, I mean, I still loved gremlins, but like I was still kind of a little afraid of gremlins. Yeah. Uh, for uh, sure. And so, like... Like, I was afraid of a lot of stuff as a kid. You know, I saw Children of the Corn as a kid. I did, too. That scared That's the shit out of me. And from all accounts, I haven't seen it since I was, like, six or seven. Yeah, but from all accounts, Children of the Corn is a stupid, stupid movie. Yeah, it's not scary at <laughs> like, all. Like, the only but, thing I remember about that movie... I remember of being, I remember the feeling of being scared of that movie, but I remember there having something to do with, like... I just remember there was a character named Isaac. or something. I just remember there was a character named Isaac, and, like, I remember there being corn. Anyway. I just remember it scared the Christ out of me. That's a whole other movie but yeah so, poltergeist scared me as a kid too so superman 3 when she became a robot scared me as a kid finish okay. no thank you so anyway yes it was worth revisiting because for me it kind of put to bed some of the trauma that i had had as a kid because i could see it in a different light but i will say i re-watched poltergeist as an adult i think after we had jackson it was definitely before we had 
Jordan. I think I saw pieces of Poltergeist. When did you do that? I wasn't there. Uh, no, you weren't. I think it was just on TV and I had okay. to see it. Yeah, so I was like, it's been, it's been at least 10 I, years since I've seen Poltergeist. It, like, it cut me in a way that I, like, I never, um, like, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, um, like, empathized with Diane the way I empathized with Right, yeah, no, I get because it. Because, like, all of a sudden, I'm a mother well, she's now. she's the mom like, who goes in and saves her daughter. Yeah, it you know, was such a, I can't even, like, so it, it, it put me in a very different place of, like, horror. Um, yeah, anyway, long story short, yes, it was worth revisiting for that reason. Do I think it's a little hokey and weird? Yeah. Do I think it's a great movie? Heck no. Do I think there's some weird-ass shit that goes on because of this movie? Yeah. And do I also, am I a little creeped out about the fact that everybody's kind of murdered and killed and dies? Yeah. Well, that's that's just bad luck. That's not, that's not a, yeah. Okay, so was it worth watching, John? I mean, to be honest, I mean, yes, it was. It's not good. No, it's not. Not very good, but it's fun and stupid. Yeah, it's fun and stupid. It, it's fun and stupid. And like, it's interesting. It's, it's, I mean, I, it literally is one of the least necessary sequels ever. Oh, for sure. In the sense of like. The third one's even less. Yeah, I know. From what I, yeah, like the third one, the only two original cast members left are Carol Ann and Zelda Rubenstein. Yeah. You know, uh, yeah, and I mean, I feel like there probably would have been many, many more if unfor- if Heather O'Rourke had not tragically suddenly died. Her death is so tragic. And it was very sudden. Uh, it was like, I think maybe the year before she was diagnosed with Crohn's disease, and, oh. but she had like a very sudden attack that killed her that really killed her. quickly. Yeah, it was crazy. Um, but... So it was, yeah, but like she was only 12. Like she you know, was young. Like I feel like, I feel like they, like had she not died, even if she'd refused to do the movie, like I feel like that killed, like that and apparently Poltergeist 3 is really fucking it's bad. so I bad. mean, Poltergeist 2 is bad, but Poltergeist, but I think it made money. I don't know if Poltergeist 3 made money Poltergeist 3 is just but terrible. Like, but it has Tom Starrett and Lara Flynn Boyle it sure in does. it. <laughs> apparently. It I've sure never does. seen it, but uh, yeah. But yes, um... But um, it is an eighties movie. So yes, it is, and, and maybe we'll see it at maybe some point. It's weird that you've seen all the Poltergeist, movies. isn't it? Like you don't like horror movies that much. I know. I've been fighting very hard. We will next next thing we will be doing. You finally agreed to do another horror movie. Um, weirdly enough, like did Life Force break you? Did you go? Oh, I guess most horror movies are kind of stupid, <laughs> so it's okay. No, no, Life Force was just because like cause not like, a good horror movie. Right? No, it's not. No, it's a great movie though. Um, but um, but uh, like I do have another horror movie coming your way next time. I mean, the thing is, the eighties. I mean, Poltergeist, Poltergeist is not a comedy, but no. like the eighties was a great time for like comedic horror. Yeah. Even if it wasn't, even the even if even if the movie itself is mostly a horror movie, a lot of, a lot of eighties horror movies have some jokiness to them. Yeah, you know, and and I, the practical effects for me, I just love um, a lot of that. Like, I don't really like a lot of horror, but like. What There's was that some... horrible movie you made me watch that had horror in it? That was, they were in the, the morgue and the thing. Return of the Living Dead, yeah, which is Living awesome Dead. and yeah. not horrible at all, yeah. which is a comedy almost 100,000% yeah. and that is movie. rad. That, that movie. movie owns, shut up, you are wrong. <laughs> that movie owns bones. You know, you mentioned that the other day and I was like, we never watched the movie. And we don't know, yes. How yes, did you forget that movie? Watch that movie. I think you even said it was worth watching, it you was, jag. It was worth watching. But um, so anyway, but yeah, it's it's definitely worth watching in that it's a dumb fun like yeah. like it's a fun bad movie like yeah. it, it like it, it's kind of interesting to see that like it's it's one of those things where it's like I'm impressed that they managed to get the entire yeah. cast back well, for a movie that feels so much less budgeted. I mean, it's still pretty big budget comparatively, but it is like the movie looks so much cheaper. Here's what I was gonna and, say. Like, and like I said, the director of this seems yeah. to be kind of a journeyman. Like judging by his. 
career output. It's a lot of like unrelated. It's not like, oh, he's a horror director. It's one of those, oh, he's clearly a guy who will direct anything if you wave a paycheck right. in front of him kind of director. Well, and I was going to say... Not like George Miller, who has a really weird, varied uh, film career, but they're always good movies that are just weird, weird. Like, it's weird that the guy did Mad Max, did Babe. But, you know, it's... <laughs> but, it, like, but at the same time, they're both good movies in their own way. In their own way. Like, it, like, it, it's so... But, well, like... what I was going to say is that as far as, like, at, at, at watching it as an actor and watching it, like, watching, like, acting which is like whatever acting okay thanks shut up but like what i'm saying is there are actually some really good moments in this movie like true real well here's the thing both joe beth williams and craig t nelson are good actors good actors and they both have beautiful like subtle excellent yeah Yeah, is a great actor he always has been yeah like even when he's playing dumb comedic characters he's good at it he's not he's a solid actor Craig T. Nelson is one of the most played one of the most heartbreaking scenes I've ever seen in a movie to this day I can't even handle it he he was the father of a a, there's a little girl named Alex who had um uh what's it called um where she can't uh the lungs fill up with mucus what the hell is that called um uh, COPD? Yes. Uh, no, no, not COPD. Um, uh, CF. Uh, uh, cystic fibrosis. Thank you. Yes. And um, uh, yeah, that's a death sentence. That's oh, horrible. It's horrible. And she, she's a little girl, and basically her name's Alex, and she had dark hair and braids. Like, I'm sorry. Should I? Should was I? Was it in the '80s? Because I'm surprised of you haven't shown. Please it Please don't show me this depressing. No, movie. I won't show you this movie. I will I don't not. Want, show, I, I don't I will want depressing movies. Show you this movie. Show it me was, trashy movies. It was please. a. It was a. It was a. It was a TV movie. But basically, oh. it's based off of a book that was written by I think her father, um, called Alex: The Life of a Child, and it's basically. Oh, I think I've heard of that. Yeah. So anyway, he plays her father in the movie version of yeah. the book, and there's a moment where he. He has. There's two things that happen in this movie that just break me. Is that she says, "No, Daddy, I don't want to do the down ones. The down ones are like he has to literally turn her upside down and like pat on her chest to get the mucus to you know." Yeah. And and he says, "No, baby, we have to do the down ones. We do the down ones every day. We have to do the down ones. like it's this horrible thing." It's so he, dark and depressing for hey hey people. I swear we're gonna make wait, fart jokes wait, before you go. Wait. And then, and then he has this beautiful moment where after she dies, because it's a death sentence, as you said, um, and he takes, her favorite thing was root beer, and he takes this root beer and he just like pours it out and it's... Like for one of his homies? Yeah, sure. That's what it is. Look, I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to lighten the mood for this depressio thing you're telling me about. My point is that Craig T. Nelson has some really good chops. Oh, he's definitely got chops, and what I and, and that same sentiment of, like, how good he is in that movie and how, like, how haunting it is for me was also... The, that's the same moment I have when the preacher says, you know, you feel like you're not, you know... Yeah. Oh, yeah, he's, he's, he's throwing his all. So like, I will say this, like... good. Yeah. In this movie. And, and I, know, I know Craig T. Nelson personally, like, I think his politics are a little right-wing. And he's I don't not, know not, him. Not that decent yeah. a dude. Whatever. But, like, but, like, I mean, I don't know him personally, so I may be wrong about this, but, like, I think I've heard that. But the thing is, he is a very good actor. And, yes, he is giving his all to this movie, same it's, with Joe Beth Williams, that doesn't deserve, deserve that much work. Yeah. But, like, the fact is, he's a pro. Like, he's always going to throw, like, like, if you look at Coach, he's very good in the sitcom uh, Coach. Oh, yeah, he's so good. You know, and, like, it, it's a goofy sitcom about a football coach, but he's always good in it. That's true. You know. Anyway, I wanted to point that out because I think it's really important because I think they they and Julian Beck and you know Oh yeah, the acting and, is and, perfectly and, fine. And in what's this. his toes? William Sands, they saved the movie 
because they are so good and they really just they, they commit 100 percent yeah to definitely it. oh yeah no and it, like yeah it's 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 a cheesy horror movie that has a very solid cast yeah. and decent money and good design that's kind of what i was effects. saying like it's directed badly and it's like yeah and it's lo- it's, it's sloppy sloppy and, it's and, the, sloppy. and, the, and again the, the, the world the, the world building on it is sloppy. sloppy like again like i said you don't know why he has to not yeah. like why he has to feel like why is he so urgent to get invited in if he can just Get, get in, in. yeah it's stupid you know, like it's it, there's just a lot of there's just a lot in it that just like it's like it's obviously like it's it's sometimes it's like scares looking for a reason yes you know I, which yes. is which you find in a lot of bad horror mm-hmm. so yeah it's not it's not it but it like it's it's definitely not the worst thing in the world it's all it's like it's not that scary but you know it's funny at times it's got some goofy effects it's got some gross effects yes it 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 does its job it does its, it's job. definitely i've seen much worse 80s horror movies yeah but like it is like there's nothing it's it lacks the drive of the original. It does. The original it, like, is it's, so it's, it's definitely it's 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 not that long a movie, but it still manages to feel flabby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hear but, that. But like but yeah, it, on the whole, it was worth watching. I had fun with it. You know, I don't know that I'll watch it again anytime soon. But yeah. like you know, and you know, but it was fine. So anyway, I guess we are done here. Yeah. Um, but before we go, you know we got that website. We do. Matchmadeinspace.com. Tell your friends. Tell your friends. Tell your friends. Come on. You're listening to podcasts. You don't have friends. Tell your friends. We're your friends now. Enjoy your parasocial relationship with us. (laughs) Actually, we probably are your friends. The only people who listen to this thing is our friends. Anyway, uh, we have an email, matchmadeinspace at gmail.com. Tell your friends. Um, Tell your friends about that. I don't know why you tell your friends about the concept (laughs) of email, but go ahead. Um, You can find us on Twitter. Tell your friends. At MMIS Podcast. Retweet no. us and tell your friends. Retweet us. That's the way you show your friends. Um, we also, I, we have a Facebook page that Allie makes me update. And Allie yes. never updates even though she said she would do it. It's like fucking walking the dog. I'm the one who ends up walking this dog of our But I am Facebook the one that promotes page. it. I do yeah. promote it to people. Yeah, That's how we get more followers on that page because I no, promote no, no, it. They, we get random people who are looking for something else. <laughs> That's how we end up with followers. Not true. And then... Uh, and, uh, you know, we all have our own personal socials medias. Uh, yes. You can find Allie at, uh, at, at um, ALI underscore bite me dot fart. <gasps> Shut up. No, ALI underscore Goodman. I wanted to make a better joke, but I couldn't. stupid I, I had a better joke in my bad. head, but it didn't come out of my mouth. No. Actually, I didn't have a better joke. I thought by the time I finished, I, I did that thing where you ever, you ever try to dive into the pool while the water's filling up? Bad idea. I tried to do that. Yeah, I, I didn't have a joke. Um, I um, I do that all the time. I usually hit concrete. Um, and then I, of course, am at Hitler Puncher. You can also find uh, Allie somewhere on Facebook, probably. I think you got a you got a professional page somewhere. I do. And uh, you know, I don't know why. Just you look up Allie Goodman. Look you'll find Allie me. Goodman. You'll you'll find her and like four other people because it's not that uncommon a name. Uh, but there's um, an acting up with Allie Goodman. There's also Allie Goodman. There's Allie Goodman, creative coach, but that one I never update, so yeah, don't Because you're not there. really a creative coach. But go to you're matchmadeinspace.com, or matchmadeinspace on Facebook, because you can find us there. Well, you can go to matchmadeinspace.com, but you don't have to. Well, you can. You can definitely go there. You can um, also, if you want to, you can go lemonparty.com. really help us out, you can go to Apple Podcasts and, um, and make our uh, stars go up higher. <laughs> Wow, I thought I, I I thought you made fun of me for caring about this. I wasn't going to mention that ever again. But okay, yeah, but go ahead. But no, just if review, you want to review us. us and say we're great. That's great. Give us a five star. I rating. would say you know the the first like weeks matter the most uh, in podcasts. So and we've been around for like five years now. I mean, you wouldn't know it from how few episodes we've done, but we've been around for like five years now. Uh, but um, you know, but uh, yeah, we exist. And it, here's the thing: 
We do take requests, y'all. So let us know what you... Well, I mean, we yeah, sort of. We sort of take requests. Here's the thing. We kind of I'm take trying requests. to get more relationship with our followers. You can suck it. So please tweet us and let us know. Or, you know, well, email if you, us. Well, no, if you want to let it do a movie, you better show us how we can watch it. I'm not fucking hunting a movie down for you people. <laughs> you can... <laughs> Wow. Either send me a beautiful steel box Blu-ray. Goodness. Wow. Not everybody's as cool as Kurt, y'all. Or but at least or at least show tell me what streaming service. Yeah, just tell us what streaming service it's on. That maybe we'll be able to get it. But but (laughs) we also have a huge backlog. I mean, we haven't even gotten to hell comes to Frogtown. We haven't even gotten to Like what we only we've only done one Roddy Piper movie in all this time. Only one. We haven't done any Hogan movies. My God, do you, do you no realize, movies about professional you wrestlers. Here? Do you know that Glow started and has ended in the process of this podcast? Do you realize this podcast is older than the Trump administration? Oh gosh, that's scary. Yeah, <laughs> David really. Bowie was alive when we started oh this my podcast. God. So was Prince. Yipes. Yeah. Y'all, thanks for sticking with us. <laughs> thanks we for love sticking you. with us. We do love you. I mean, no thanks to Bowie. You didn't stick with us, man. Yeah. I just I believed in you. <laughs> okay. Uh, anyhow, thanks for... Uh... And, and you know, maybe one day we'll do that David Bowie podcast. That would be uh, neat. Uh, you we know, maybe, maybe we should get it. You know, maybe we should make people pay for it. No, no one's going to pay for Patreon! it. Patreon! All right. We'll, now, we'll probably do them as bonus episodes on this feed. That's I'll just like start stabbing her and be like, That'd be smart. do yeah. this with me. Do this with me. <laughs> I mean, it would be nice if we ever did that other podcast that we have. Oh, that, no, that, that one sucks. That Hard Gray's Night. That one sucks. It no does one not suck. That, that one has even it. lower ratings than this one. It doesn't matter. I actually have a lot of people that are like, hey, you guys want to do another episode? Something yeah, like I know you got a lot of people like that. But I, I feel like I have even more people going, uh, no, you shouldn't. Those people mostly live in my head, but I, but I believe in them. Wow, we've managed to really fart around. I remember it was like 20 minutes ago. I was like, cool, we're almost wrapping up. Do you know what? Our podcast right now... This episode is longer than the movie. All right. This episode's right. going to be longer than Star Wars if we don't wrap it up soon. Thanks for listening, y'all. It's been yeah. really, it's been, it's been real. It's been real poltergeisty. Uh, <laughs> um, We've been in cahoots with you the whole time. Yeah. We thought we were in cahoots with no one, but it was with you. It was with you. Uh, this has been a match made in space. Signing off. Adios. Oh, I'm definitely cutting this off before this song. (laughs) 